Hello and welcome to episode 140 of Fergo and the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewLP. Join me as always is the effervescent League Freak. You can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going, mate? I'm fizzing for this one. I can't wait. This will be fantastic. This is our first season preview that we've done because we started the podcast after the season had kicked off last year. So this is going to be interesting. Yes, yeah, it's going to be lengthy and we've also found a way to be informative and possibly even entertaining. How's that for you people? Pretty what incredible, more? really. I mean, we're just all-rounders. What more do you need? Yeah. So we'll be looking at every team in detail for the uh, upcoming NRL season. And not only will we be looking at every team in detail and talking about them all, we're also going to bring in a, a ranking system for each coach and their likelihood of surviving the season. And we're mm-hmm. going to call this ranking the coronavirus ranking. Yes. So um, if you're next to no risk, then we'll give you one roll of paper. Uh, a slight risk, you get one pack of eight rolls. Mm-hmm. Medium risk, it's two packs of 12 rolls. Higher risk will be three packs of 24 rolls. And if they're definitely going to get axed for sure, then they've got five packets of 36 rolls and probably even a brawl in a supermarket aisle. Did you see that video? That's fantastic, isn't it? It really was. Like people were saying, oh, look at this. I was like, we need more of that at supermarkets. I'd like to see the next UFC event being held in the Isle of the Coles and just have one toilet paper roll in the middle of the floor and just two angry people fighting over it in the end. And they've right. got to play duck, duck, goose to win it. Well, just or just fight to the death over it. One of the two. That'd be good. I'd like Unite, that. It'd be the the um, what would we call it? The United Fighting Coronavirus Victims or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> There's merit there. Something can happen there. People yeah, with much we... more com- comical ability will be able to make something out of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just put the I'll just put the seat out there. Someone else can do the rest of the work. That's how I like to work my life, eh? <laughs> idea out there and let someone else do the heavy lifting. Exactly. Alrighty. Shall we get into this bad boy? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Alright, we're gonna go in alphabetical order because why the hell not? So we're gonna start with the Brisbane Broncos. Um they've they've made a few changes. Obviously the, the big news is that's come out in the last few days is that Darius Boyd is going to retire at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, so he's, have been, you... he's been Sorry? a problem for them, you know, and and at least now they've got an end date for that problem. Yeah, it's a problem they created. Yeah, oh, 100%, 100%. But I wonder if he's going to get a payment for retiring early. Because, you know, he's given up one year of salary, and it'd be a fair salary that he's given up. Well, we're talking I, eight to nine hundred thousand. Yeah, yeah, and I just wonder if he's just walking away from that, or if they've worked out some deal where he gets a percentage of that that they tack onto their cap this year, so that next year he's completely off the cap, um, and they that's it, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Um... I'll tell you what else was interesting was seeing how many journos who were laying the boot into him last year were talking about, oh, let's look at Darius's great career. He's been such a great player. Yeah, it was incredible. I mean, 
they literally ran campaigns. I mean, there was even former Broncos players who were disgustingly telling him to, you know, retire immediately. Yeah, um, quit. Sacrifice yeah. all that money that you're going to earn. Yeah, yeah. And to some of them who didn't give up a cent in their lives for any reason. So, yeah, it was interesting. But, you know, that's what you expect out of the media these days. That's true. So do you have the uh, the ins and outs of each team there? Uh, I don't think I do, hey. <laughs> That's all right. I'll find them. Yeah. I, you know, looking at their team, it, the Broncos are a really weird, a really, really weird team this year because on paper I really like their team. But there's some issues that I have with it. Number one being that their forward pack, their best players are so young and they're going to have inconsistency problems because they're so young. And so some weeks they're going to look like world beaters up front, and other weeks you're just going to wonder what's wrong. And that will change as they get more seasons under their belt. But, I mean, their two best players are teenagers still, and that's going to be an issue for them. I love the addition of Brodie Croft. I think he's exactly what they needed. I think that the storm was silly for letting him go and that their season fell apart as soon as they dropped him last year. Um, the back line, you know, it's a bit hit and miss. I would love to see Jack Bird play a handful of games in a row. That would be fantastic. You it's know, had him for a change would be good, yeah. Yeah, I mean, has there been a least valuable player in the NRL than him. I mean, even Darius Boyd, if you look at how poorly he's played last year, uh, at least he was playing, you know. Matt, Mo- Matt Moylan. Matt Moylan. Well, yeah. He's, in that, he's in that category. He uh, is in that category. So the Broncos have got, as you said, Brody Croft from the Storm. Jordan Kahu returns after one year at the Cowboys. Jesse Arthurs from the Titans. And... Uh, Ilakina Vidogo, Keenan Palacia, Jamil Hopawadi, and Xavier Coates have all been upgraded from development contracts. And they've lost Troy Dargan to South, Patrick Mogo to South, uh, Matt Gillette, Sean Fenton, and Sam Tagatisi all retired. George Fye and James Seguero are both released or unsigned. Mm-hmm. And Gahamit Shibasaki's gone to the Knights. So, I mean, <clears throat> I mean, it really all comes down to they lost Gillette and they've brought in Croft. Um, Gillette's going to be a loss, but that, I mean that young pack. There was going to be a point where they needed to have these young players really carrying the team at some point, you know. Yeah, I, there's talk that Jack Bird's going to be fullback, and I think for a bloke who's hardly played any footy over the last two years, mm. I would not be throwing him in at fullback. I'd be putting him at centre where you can hide him a bit until he gets his match fitness up, and he can prove that he can stay fit. Um, so, I mean, I've I've got their best 17. So this is not the round one lineup, obviously, because I'm not taking into account injuries at the moment. This is their best lineup for 2020 I've got for them is Sarkot fullback, Corey Oates, Xavier Coates and Jack Bird in the centres, Darius Boyd on the wing, Milford and Croft in the halves, Lodge, McCulloch, Haas in the front row, Glenn, Fafita, Offengawi in, in the back row, Pangai Jr., Staggs, Carrigan and Flegler on the bench. See, I would have stags in the centres, personally. Um, Man, I was impressed with Xavier Coates last year. Yeah, yeah. Reminds me a bit of um, of Naden from the Panthers. He's he's tall, he's lanky, but he's also got a bit of power and a bit of speed. 
And we've got a new rule which has come into the game this year where, um, you know, previously, if you were an attacking you know, attacking player jumping to catch the ball, yeah, you were allowed to be tackled by the defense. That rule's now been scrapped, so it doesn't matter if you're an attacking player or a defending player leaping for the ball, you cannot be tackled in the air. And I think tall blokes like Coates are going to be absolute targets sitting just one in from, from out wide. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll put him in there for that. That's just my two cents, anyway. Yeah, it's a, that that is going to be really interesting to see how teams deal with that uh, tactically on defence. I wonder if when you get close to the when an opposition team gets into attacking position on the line, if you see set the centres and wingers almost switch positions, because the centres will maybe be able to handle physically the the wingers that are coming down with the ball a little bit better and the wingers can maybe run interference and maybe get the ball before it gets out to the to the winger on the opposition team does does that make sense yeah i I get what you mean i think the other thing too is you might even see second rowers defending out where centers usually do on the last so they can drop back and offer a bit more defense for exactly the same reason and you'll just have a lot more bigger blockers hanging out way out wide. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't I, shock I, I'm not too sure it's it's a positive or good rule, um, but no, it is what it is, and I'm stuck with it, it. I don't think it is. I think that uh, I, I can't remember any player really getting tackled in the air um, legally or even illegally in those positions where they were put in a dangerous position. Because the the way that the game sort of falls in that, you know, instance, if you're running onto the ball as an attacking player, you've got all the momentum and, and you know, you tend to not get put in a bad position. But No, because the defender's going to be either flat-footed or trying to jump from a flat-footed position, which means they're always going to be lower. Mm-hmm. So there's chances are of, of them doing any sort of serious hit are very, very low. So it's weird that they've yeah. scrapped it, but anyway. I tell you what, in with that type of rule where you can't tackle an attacking player in the air when they're near your try line, how good would Israel Folau be to have for every single team in the NRL with that rule? Exactly right. Exactly right. I think the the one concern for me is that this, this allows a, a, a door opening for AFL players to come to rugby league now. <laughs> Yeah, but you know they get they get credited with a catch even when they drop it. I know, <laughs> I know, but it's, it's not going to be much different. That might be the next the next thing we might have it. So you you just have to score touchdowns. You just got to touch the ball in the end goal, and that's a try. That's you know what I've seen that being brought up. You know when they get a brains trust together and say what rule changes would you make, and some idiot always comes up with that. I know it's it's absurd. <laughs> um, all right, so coronavirus rank for the for the coach there. Well, I've, I've got him at level three. So what's that? That's uh two packs of twelve rolls. Two okay, because I think that if because this is a weird team, this is a really weird team. If they play to their potential, they're a a premiership threat in my opinion, but if they 
don't, I think that the Broncos will cut their losses because I think Seabol isn't a good coach and he's always got some drama going. Like even this in this preseason, he's had a bunch of drama issues um, and I think that they might just cut their losses with him at some point. Um, I think that the Broncos are going to miss the finals. Yeah, I've got him... I've also got uh, got him at three. Mm-hmm. I think this year he's going to struggle because, as you, as you said from the top, uh, it's a young team, so there's going to be inconsistencies, and they've got rid of most of their experienced players. Mm-hmm. And next year could actually be worse because they're going to be getting rid of even more of their experienced players and having just rookies from, from you know, top to bottom. Mm-hmm. If he can't get consistency out of them this year, and he barely got it last year, I think they they will axe him as soon as they can. Who they replace him with, I don't know. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if they got rid of him pretty quickly. Can I just say, if the Broncos axe him and they go back to Wayne Bennett again... They need to be wound up. Yeah, they do. Um, <laughs> so I've I've got them finishing ninth. Okay. Where do you have them coming? I had them coming ninth as well. There you go. Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the Canberra Raiders. Last year's runners up. Um. So they've got uh, new faces. Are Curtis Scott. Uh, from the Storm, George Williams from Wigan, Tom Starling and Harley Smith-Shields have both been upgraded from development. And they've lost Jordan Rapana, who's gone to Japanese rugby. Ada Hingano has gone to Mackay. Royce Hunt has gone to the Sharks. Brad Abbey and Ruben Porter have been unsigned. Aiden Caesar has gone to Huddersfield. And Joe Lulu has gone to the Tigers. They had a great year last year. Uh, they were a little bit of a surprise packet. Um, I think Jack Whiten was a big part of their success last year. He really, he took that step up. He he finally looked comfortable at 5'8", and he, he, I mean, he was playing like a monster for most of the season. He was fantastic. I look at this Raiders team now, and I see a team where they're halfback, and I wasn't a big fan of Caesar. I thought Caesar was a, a reserve-grade player, but their halfback is an English halfback and England do not produce halfbacks. I think this is a massive error by the Raiders. And I I was thinking about it. Why would you go down this road? I wonder if Ricky Stewart has seen George Williams and said, I can build him up into the halfback I've always wanted to build up. And we've seen him take a young halfback and ruin them a number of times. And they've left Stewart's coaching and been better elsewhere. And I just wonder if this is one of his projects because they don't have a halfback this season. Yeah, George, George Williams, I, don't know, I think he's got the basics of a halfback, which is he's got a decent passing game left to right. He does have a decent kicking game. He's, sort of, he's just British Aiden Caesar for me. And I don't know that that's enough to get you a premiership. He's got a lot of strike players all around him everywhere else, but it, it's, it's hard to know how he's going to go. He just hasn't been tested at this level. It's just hard to know if he's going to get the speed and everything else of the game here and the 
defensive workload because he's going to have a lot of huge bodies running at him, and they're not going to be 40-year-old former NRL players. They're going to be blokes in their prime. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I just think... I can't believe that they've put themselves in this position as a club. Um, you know, at, at least Aiden Caesar would give you the most vanilla halfback experience you could possibly have in rugby league, and they've downgraded from that. I, I, I just think it's ridiculous. The only thing I think of is they've got two very tall wingers in Kotrick and Simonson, or Simonson, I think maybe they're just working with George to do crossfield kicks. He'll just be Mitch Moses. Man, I, I would... Uh, <laughs> I would take Mitch Moses a thousand times over ahead of George Williams. Like, I, I really do. I think that this is a catastrophic mistake and the sort of mistake where if they had had any sort of halfback in there, I'd have been saying, watch out for the Raiders this year. I consider them to not have a halfback this year. I think that it, it is going to cost them a season. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he p- played most of the year in reserve grade. I think he'll be found out really early on. Um, and I think when you couple that with Josh Hodgson is another year older, he's going to be more injury prone. I, I just, I think the Raiders are going to finish in third place. I've got them finishing in third place because I like the majority of the rest of their squad, but they're not going to they're not going to win the premiership this year. I've I've got them at fifth, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that I think they're going to be. Not a premiership contender. I think they're still in their premiership window, but I'd, I'd probably say that this might be the last or second last year in that premiership window. Mm-hmm. Um, so the best lineup I've got for them in 2020 is Nickel Clockstad at fullback, Kotrick, Croker, Scott, and Simonson in the in the back line, White and Weems in the halves, Soliola, Hodgson, Papali in the front row, Bateman, Whitehead, Tapani in the back row. Forsborough, Sutton, Louis, and Gula on the bench. They've got decent forward depth. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, 100%. And look, that's why I've got them in third place for the regular season. I I think that they're going to be super consistent. Uh, Parley was, I mean, he was the best front rower in the world last year. He was incredible, especially in the final series. In the finals, he was just a destroyer of worlds. Uh, but yeah, they haven't got a halfback. You need a halfback to win a premiership, and they've screwed up. Yeah. Um, coronavirus rank for Ricky Stewart. What do you reckon? Uh, number one, he's he's safe as houses. Yeah. But I think, that, I think that it would be the following season that he might have some issues. Yeah, I've got him at one as well. I think he's safe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where did you um, have them? You had them finishing fifth, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Next, we move on to the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've got Joe Stimson has come in from the Storm, Dean Britt from South, Siani Katoa from the Panthers, um, Isaiah Tass has been upgraded from development, and Jake Avarillo has been upgraded from the lower grades, and they've lost Canelli Lemueli to the Cowboys, Michael Leaker, Danny Fuwilo, John Olive, New Brown, Kane Lee Kalash have all been unsigned. Just let yeah. people walk out the door. Yeah, and I think they needed a little bit of that. 
yeah, I, I would have hung on to Full Lolo and Leisha. Um, I know Leisha hasn't been the the gun that they expected, but it can't hurt to have have depth in the spine. I don't, you know, it's just nuts. I don't know. I I think that with the player like him, I, I think that you at some point you say to yourself, do we hold on to a fringe first grader or do we roll the dice on a youngster who might give us more than that? You know, it's the consistency is great to have in some instances, but I think they've got to aim for more at some point. And I think that they needed to clean out anyway. Oh, they need to clean out. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's going to be hard to see them improving given that they're not going to have foreign at all all year. Yeah. Uh, that That's a big problem they've got there. Uh, so I've, I've got them finishing 14th. I had them finishing 11th. A little and... bit more faith than I do. I mean, the good thing about them is mm-hmm. they are not easy beats. No. But they just lack that little bit of polish to get mm-hmm. those close games into victories. And I don't know that they're any close to that situation for 2020. I don't think they're a bad team. I just think they're going to struggle at the very back end of games to clinch, the, clinch them when they need to. Yeah, and I, I kind of feel as though they're going to be pretty much what they were at their best last year. And, and that's I, I think that the teams that are really poor, they'll, they'll be better than those teams. But... When push comes to shove, as you say, they won't have the the polish to beat the better teams in the competition. Um, I I'm looking forward to watching Lachlan Lewis this year. I think he's going to take a bit of a step up, and I hope that he can get through this season without uh, too many injury concerns and things like that. Because I think that he could possibly be a a bit of a future star for them if he can stay on the field. Um, Watini Zelezniak at fullback needs to really step up his game this year. This is what he. This is the position he wanted to be in, and he needs to show why he deserves that position. Uh, I I think that you know Pay had a lot of critics last year, and there were some really tough times for the team. But I think he showed that he was doing a coaching job on them towards the end of the year when they went on a little bit of a run. And I expect that we'll see um, some progress from that at the start of the year. But, yeah, I, I just think that, once again, it's going to come down to not having the firepower at the end of the day that the teams above them will have. But they'll have more consistency than the teams below them. Yeah, the the starter cap is still a little bit messy, but it is... It's rapidly improving, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if they go on a shopping spree at the end of the year when Foreign's, I think Foreign's contract ends this year. So I think he is, yeah. Um, and look, they shouldn't really sign him. No, no. I, no one's going to sign him at this stage just because of his injuries. Mm. When he gets on the field, he's worth every cent he's paid, but it's just getting him on the field. Um, so their best lineup I've got now for him is Batista Lesniak at fullback, Meany, Hopperwadi, Holland, and Ockenbore in the three-quarter line, Cogger and Lewis in the halves, Tommen, Marshall King and Napper in the front row, Harawira Nera, Jackson Ellie in the back row, Katoa, Stimson, Britt and Fatala Mariner on the bench. Um, a lot of people aren't too keen on Kerrit Holland and I can understand why. Mm-hmm. 
but I think they need a goal kicker in there who's a little bit more reliable than a part-timer. And I think he's probably a little bit better than any of the other options they've got there. And, and the thing is, too, if they if they get rid of him as the if they take him out the lineup and they put somebody in that's maybe and he's they're not going to be a great deal better. It's no, not like I... be the thing that makes them a premiership winner. I mean, there's definitely still stuck in a development phase for this club and a, a rebuilding phase from the absolute debacle that they were left in. Yeah, I think he'll be, he'll be fighting with Remus Smith for that centre position. Um, Smith, I think, is a is a slightly better player with more potential, but I think probably start the year with Holland, go from there. If they need to make yeah. changes, if they've been losing too many games, you can bring Smith in and try and add a little bit of extra spark from there. But it's not a bad back line. Um, I'm, I'm expecting a big year from Oakenbore in this in this side. He's got a lot of Jamal Idris about him, but yeah. faster. Yeah, uh, more foot speed. Mm. And, yeah, there's – I agree with you. Like, there were times last year where he may, he may just sit up and take notice of him. Yeah. And he didn't have the consistency, as you don't get with some younger players. But I agree with you. I would like to see him stamp his authority and, and make that first great spot his own. Absolutely. Now, uh, coronavirus rank there for Dean Pay. I have him – at number two on the scale. Yeah, I've, I've got him down at three, and not because I don't think he's going to leave mm. or that he deserves to, mm-hmm. but I do worry that the Bulldogs will think that we've gone too long without any finals performances and we need those sooner rather than later. And I worry that they'll see him as part of the problem, not part of the solution, when he actually is part of the solution. Yeah, and that would be the sign of a of a board that is weak, quite honestly, if they do that. Yeah. Um, he he has the the side he started with last year was one of the worst lineups in first grade that I've seen for a very long time. And to do what he did with them was a minor miracle. Uh, the fact that they're where they are at now is incredible. Uh, but he is like he's still working with, you know, one hand tied behind his back in terms of what the salary cap was and the lack of development that the club did uh, before he got there. So, you know, they need to let him finish the job. Uh, it, the only thing that worries me is because of the lineup that he has got and the lack of cattle that he's got to work with. If they got just one or two key injuries it could go really bad really quickly, and that worries me. And that that's why, otherwise I would have him as, you know, completely safe. Yeah. But I, I could see it going really bad really quickly, unfortunately. I hope it doesn't, uh, but we, we'll see. That's why they play the games. Exactly right. Um, we move on to the Sharks now, and they've brought in Connor Tracy from the Rabbitohs. Jesse Remian comes back after a an unhappy stint at the Knights, Maween Horotti from the Rabbitohs and Royce Hunt from the Raiders, and they've lost Jaden Braley to the Knights, Saifeki to Castleford, Cole Flanagan to the Roosters, Paul Gallon's retired, Kurt Capel to Penrith, and Aaron Gray has not been retained. They've had some pretty big losses. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But with Paul Gallen retiring, to me it kind of feels like it's now the end of the the old Sharks and we're now fully in the John Morris era. Yeah. And to me, I see this as quite an exciting time for the Sharks as they move forward into this new new era because what we saw from them last year was something we hadn't seen under the Flanagan regime, and that is a team that can score tries. Yeah, they were fun to watch. Yeah. And, I mean, he was, I, I still think he was easily the coach of the year last year. He walked Agreed. into a thankless job last year. And did a re- he he coached the hell out of them. Let's be honest, he walked into a shit show. Yeah, like there was player misbehaviour going on everywhere. There was a coach who just got sacked for you know life ish. <laughs> ish. <laughs> um, and brought through a ton of youngsters. Mm-hmm. Something that we hadn't seen much of at the club there, and they played out of their skin. And I think he did a fantastic job. Definitely massively underrated coach last year. He should have been coach of the year completely. Mm-hmm. But he still has... Well, now he has three issues at the club. Mm-hmm. And it's Josh Dugan, Josh Morris, and Matt Moylan. And Josh Morris is an issue because he wants to leave. I think... That I, I'm sure I heard reports that they were about to grant him that release and it was conditional on on the roosters doing something and I can't unfortunately I can't remember what it was. I wouldn't be surprised if it was asking the roosters to pay nearly all of his wage. I, I, and I but I feel like there was something extra to it and I can't remember what it was. Oh man, I wish I could remember. <laughs> but and I from memory they would do it was a board decision. It wasn't the coach the, the coach wanted to keep him. Yeah. Um, so it's it's an interesting one. They can afford to lose pretty much all three. It will mean that they'll have to bring in um, a rookie or two, but the rookies they've got to bring in have already had a taste of footy last year and looked the goods. Um, if all three, well, I suppose Morris is probably likely to go before the other two. Mm-hmm. So that would give that would give John Morris, the coach, an opportunity to you know, get some more game time under the belts of these other youngsters because I dare say Dugan will be leaving at the end of the year and Moylan is contracted, I think, until the end of next year. Um, I can't see either of them being retained. i got a question for you with the Sharks. Mm-hmm. We were both really impressed with what they did last year and the youngsters they brought through but I feel like this season's going to be harder for them and it's going to be a step back. Do you feel the same way? I've had a few people say that, and I look at them and think, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a season pretty much identical to last year. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be... I've got them down finishing seventh. Okay. And it'll be not because they're beating the teams above them like they are capable of doing, but because they'll beat the weaker teams that are below them on the ladder. And I think their their 17 squad is better than at least eight of the teams there. I have them finishing 10th. Yeah, I... Which... They've still got a very strong forward pack. But I I tell you why I've got them finishing 10th, right? 
because Moylan is a problem. Moylan is going to give, if Moylan gives them anything this year, it's more than I'm expecting out of him. Uh, Morris is going. I think Bronson Sherry is going to become an issue in terms of where he's going next year. You know, I think they're going to have to really pony up the money if they want to keep him. The main thing for me is I think Sean Johnson is going to be a big issue for the club. I was really disappointed with how he played last year. Um, and that the, they were very lucky. They had Flanagan that really papered, papered over some of the problems they had in their halves. And some of the when he when Johnson wasn't there, Flanagan stepped in and was fantastic to the point where I thought that they should have stuck with him and tried to move Johnson on. Unfortunately, they lost Flanagan to the Roosters. And I, I have no faith in Sean Johnson, unfortunately, anymore. Um, I also worry about Andrew Fafita. I think last year he was a bit disappointing at times. And I, I just feel as though it could go wrong for them this year. And I don't know why. You know, it, it I just look at some of the players in their lineup. Like, I, I've never rated Woods. I heard Woods is training the house down in preseason, he's, which he's, is a I must admit, point sign. I saw him in the trial the other day against, uh, I can't remember who it was, Warriors? Manly. It was Manly. Mm-hmm. Um, he looks like he's lost body fat, but he doesn't look like he's lost any actual physical size. Okay. So, and I dare say he's probably done that to try and increase his minutes. I mean, one thing you can say about Aaron Woods, he's never been a player who only played for 30 or 40 minutes. You always got at least an hour out of him, which is yeah. pretty good for a, for a prop forward. Yeah. Um. So it looks like he's still going to have that that big motor on him to do those big minutes, which is going to help the the prop rotation, I guess. So I suppose that could be a good thing. Um, they need Wade Graham fit for at, at least 20 games this year. Um, I like the look of Jack Williams. He's going to be a very dynamic lock for them. Yeah, he, he looked really good at the end of last year. And then on the bench, I mean, Braden Hamlin Yoeli was just a beast last year off the bench. Um, and there's got a young bloke coming through who I think might actually st- um, be in the top 17. That's mm-hmm. Toby Rudolph. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was he was immense in the trials, just a hard running, raw bone sort of power power player. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he makes his way into the 17. So the best lineup I've got for them. For this year is Dugan at fullback, Morris, Cherry, Ramian, and Mulatalo in the three quarters, Johnson and Townsend in the halves, Fafita, Blake Braley, and Aaron Woods in the front row, Nakora, Graham, and Williams in the back row, Hamlin Yoweli, Bakuya, Magoulis, and Rudolph on the bench. Mm-hmm. They've always, you know, for, for many years now, they've always had one of the best forward packs and good forward depth, and that hasn't really changed much. It's true. I, you know, the thing about the Sharks, there's just something about them. I, I worry about them this year. I feel like it's going to, I feel like it's going to fall apart a little bit for them this year. And it, I don't know why, because Morris did such a good job last year when they were in a much worse situation than they are now. Um, I, I just do. I think they're going to take a step back this year. All right. So, What's your coronavirus ranking there for, for John Morris? <laughs> My coronavirus ranking for him is two. 
Yeah, I've got him at two as well. I think the only risk we've got there is the Sharks have got into this this habit of reaching the finals pretty much every year for the last you know several years now. Mm. And if they don't advance past the first week of the finals, could get another board and they're going, we need someone better. Because there was talks they were looking for someone last year as well. Um, yeah, and, and you know what? The, I mean, the, the Cronulla board... They're going to have some issues this year in terms of they won't be playing at home. They'll be playing at, at uh, Cogra Oval. And so there could be some issues that they're having to deal with. And when you can palm them off onto, well, the coach is the problem. And we, you know, we've got this, you know, new shiny coach to look forward to next year. Because that's why how some of these, these boards look at stuff, you know. They just yeah. try and save their own skin. Exactly. All right, we'll move on to the uh, the Titans now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Everyone's so excited about the Titans this year. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was kind of the sound that all of the fans make for them as well. <laughs> um, they've brought in Jonas Pearson from the Dragons. Darius Farmer has been upgraded from development. Greg Lili Suyo from the Eels. I've pronounced that completely wrong. Um <laughs> Bo Furmore from the Knights and Sam Sonny from the Warriors. And they've lost Michael Gordon and Will Matthews who have retired. Jesse Arthur says Broncos. Riley Jacks has gone back to the Storm. Brinko Lee's gone to the Storm. Jack Stockwell has been unsigned. And Lailani Latu has gone to Warrington. There's a lot of ins and outs there. And the ins, the ins don't cover the outs. They're so underwhelming. They are, and I suppose one other loss for this year only is Ryan James is going to miss the whole year, it seems, with an injury, and that we saw the impact his omission had in 2019. And That's going to hurt him so much. And even worse than that, Callum Watkins is going to be playing for them this year, so, I mean, that's a double blow. Well, on the up, Ash Taylor is wants to play because he's a dad. That's good. That's always good when you've got a million bucks worth of your salary cap running out there again. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I think that this is I, I think that this is really close to the worst lineup in the league. In fact, I think it is the worst lineup in the league. Um, I, I just I, I don't see too many bright signs for them. It'll be interesting to see how Brian Kelly plays this year. I was really impressed with him last year. But you know the the rest of them, I just I I could just skip. <laughs> just just skip. Yeah, but like, they're not exactly it, a side that sort of makes you go, wow, yeah, mm, exactly. Yeah, the thing about them is right. Brian Kelly and Tyrone Peachy are the two players that I watch them when they play for the Titans. But if you switch the entire rest of the lineup for a Queensland Cup team, I would be more interested to see that and see just to see how they play at NRL level than watching this actual Titans team. Yeah, I don't know. They've, they've got a new coach, um, Justin Holbrook. How do you think he's going to go? Well, he had great success in Super League. Uh, with St. Helens, 
And if that's anything to go by, he'll be an absolute failure in the NRL. <laughs> um, and, and, like, it's up to him to prove that he's an NRL coach. I tell you what, he's walked into a terrible situation. We said last year, really, really bad job to take on. Uh, but at least he's living on the Gold Coast, which will be nice for him. And, oh, man, it's just going to be a really rough year for the Titans, I think. Yeah, they've they've not cleared enough names off their roster at the end of this year because they've got so many underperformers in that team. Um, they need to have put the broom through the place, and they just haven't. They've hung on to too many bad performers. Yeah. Um, when you think about Mal Meninga was brought in at the beginning of last year, I believe it was, <clears throat> to sort out the problems that the club is that the club has. And they're probably in a worse position now than they were this time last year. Yeah. Like, and you look at this team and I'm like, what the hell are they doing? And that's got to be on Mal Meninga's shoulders. It's, well, let's have a look at the, the best lineup that I've got for them anyway. So fullback, we've got AJ Brimson, who I genuinely believe is, is a quality star player. No mm-hmm. doubt about it. Um, Anthony Don, Brian Kelly, Tyrone Peachy, Philip Sammy in the back line, Tyrone Robertson, Ash Taylor, the dad, in the halves, uh, Fatuiaka, Peets, and Wallace in the front row, Proctor, Hipgrave, and Arrow in the back row, Rain, Lasani, Boyd, and Pearson on the bench. Did I put Pearson on the bench? I think he's gone. Anyway, oh no, he's there. Um, there's no real depth. There's not a, not much star power. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Ash Taylor goes walkabout again because he's sad or he doesn't want to play anymore or whatever the whatever his problem is, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, Tyron Roberts will go to will go to halfback. I dare say they put Peachy at five eight and someone else at centre. Then you think for depth they've got Bryce Cartwright. Yeah, and you know that there's a really good chance they're going to play him, even though that ship has sailed. Like it's 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 over for Bryce it's Cartwright. A, Bryce it's Cartwright, amazing. He would be really good in Super League, hey? Well, I'm not even sure. I mean, he can't. He doesn't defend. He doesn't like to no, attack. But if you if you cannot, I could not find an argument or justification. To mm-hmm. put him in the Titans' best seventeen-man squad, and after what I've just read out, you go, "That's bad." I mean, that's the level he's at. You think that last year at Penrith, he was being talked about being, you know, a possible New South Wales State of Origin player. Now mm-hmm. he can't even make the lineup in the Wooden Spoon side. Yeah, and like if you saw, if you see him play, and he will, he'll play this year. But when you see it happen, you'll be like, "Oh man, something's gone terribly wrong here." For him to be out in the field, um, it's crazy. I, I I can't remember too many plays that have fallen off so hard, you know. And man, I mean, the way that he plays defensively, the, you know, whoever their Queensland Cup team is, what is it, the uh, Burley Bears mm. and the Tweedhead Seagulls, it, you, they'd be hoping that he doesn't get knocked back down to them 
you know, because he's going to be a problem defending at that level. Uh, really, I feel so sorry for Titans fans. Can you imagine being the Titans fan, looking at that lineup and thinking to yourself, like, what do you get excited about? Yeah, um, I think the only thing you get excited about is this might be Ash Taylor's last year. And there's no way knowing even the worst board in the world, and this includes Justin Potato, would say, you know what? We were impressed with how you went. We're going to give you another million dollars for another four years or three years or two years. He's just not yeah. going to get that money again. His con- next contract's going to be at least half of what he's on now. If he's really, really lucky, if he mm. gets someone desperate, uh, yeah. You know, that I think we could see the most exciting thing for the Titans is are players that they sign. And look, we saw on the... Uh, the NRL players poll that the Gold Coast is a destination a lot of players would like to go to. Um, but man, they're going to have, I mean, if they really want to get quality players, they're going to convince them that they're not just going to piss the, a few years of their career away on the Gold Coast. Holbrook needs to show something as a coach, bring something together with this squad. If he can do that, maybe they can entice some real talent there. I mean, if if they got rid of everyone in that starting lineup, I think it'd be a good thing, hey. Well, they've got a few first graders who are off contract at the end of the year. They've got Jai Arrow, Dale Copley, Anthony Don, Keegan Hipgrave, Ryan James, Sam Lasoni, Nathan Peets, Kevin Proctor, Tyrone Roberts, and Sam Stone are all off contract at the end of the year. And I mean, when your best, the best player there in that list is Jai Arrow, in my opinion, right? He's been trying to go to South Sydney for the last six months. <laughs> yeah. it, they they just need a full club clean out, and they're not. They didn't go hard enough in the off season. They should have got rid of more players, shipped them wherever. Um, and yeah, because because this season's going to be rough. It's going to be real rough. So. What's your coronavirus ranking there for Justin Holbrook? It's his first season, so I've put him at number two um, on the on the ranking. He would normally be number one, but the Titans are well known for their absolutely catastrophic decisions, and so that's where I've put him. Where did you have him? I've got him at three. Okay, yeah. I, um, I, I'm... Fairly certain he'll see out the year. Mm-hmm. But if there's a wooden spoon and there's not much of a plan at the end of the year, and and not much in the way of new signings coming in for next season throughout the season, um, yeah, I can't, I can't see them having too much faith in him. I don't know what they'll do, but it's it's a risky one there. Um, you have them finishing on the ladder. Last. I had them in 14th place. Wow, you've got them improving. I've got them improving, and I have two teams that I think are worse than them. Wow, all right. Yeah. There's a carrot for the rest of the episode. Yeah, I reckon. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next up we've got Manly, and they've brought in Danny Levi from the Knights. Uh, Luke Metcalf's been upgraded from development, and Braden Musgrove also from the Knights have come in. They've lost Kane Elgin, Trent Hawkinson have both retired. Appy Corrissau has gone to the Panthers, and Lloyd Parrott has been unsigned. 
this is going to be really boring for me. I almost have them doing the exact same as they did last year. Um, I don't expect Trebojevic to at, to play much for them, Tom, uh, at fullback. I think he's going to be injury-prone this year once again, unfortunately. Um, I had them finishing in sixth place. I think that, uh, that the coach is safe. I've got him as a number one. But, yeah, I basically had this as a, a carbon copy of last year. Um, they're going to be a solid team. They're not going to have enough to really challenge for the premiership. They're going to have a bit more consistency than the lower the lower eight teams. Um, and yeah, it, I, it sounds super boring though, but that's how I think they'll go. Well, let me mix it up then. Okay, I've got them finishing sixth. Yep, I've got the coach at a ranking of one. Yep, <laughs> and. I don't see there'll be pretty much any change to their team that played last year other than Danny Levi comes in on hooker. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yeah. It's, it's so it's, it's so boring, but in a good way for the Seagulls. It is. It, they've got a consistently good side. i tell you what, if, if Tom Trebojevic, though, mm-hmm. stays fit for at least 18 games this year, they are mm. a top-four side. I would agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and I made my my uh, finishing position based on the fact that I think that I wouldn't be shocked if he played six games or less. Yeah, I, I think he'll get double figures. You reckon? Yeah. He tends to I get at least, at least 10 games most seasons. But I really, I'd like really to hope see, he does. I want to see him have at least 20, 23 games in a year and just miss a few to origin. That's all I want to see him miss. I want to see Tom have a, have a big year. Um, surely his body's getting a bit tougher and a bit better now and, and can handle the week in, week out because he's an absolute star for that side. DCE, um, just class. Yeah, just and last, class. last year he went to a new level with his game in that he was the consistency was the best of any halfback in the game. Mm. Um, he dragged them to a few wins that they they should not have got. And he was a, I think it was the first time in his career. And it's weird because he's still relatively young for a leader, but I feel like it was the first time in his career where he really showed true leadership. It wasn't just something that they hoped out of him. He really, he stepped up into that role. Um, And he's the heart and soul of that team. There's no doubt about that. Um. Yeah, I I think it's going to be a pretty good year for them, you know. And and that's aside from sitting on on a hill and breathing in all the asbestos in the world, I think that Seagulls fans should be really excited for this year. Yeah, there's there's one player in their lineup that I'm just not sure on, mm-hmm. and, and it's Dylan Walker. I just don't know where he should be playing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you can put him at centre because Parker and Sully have got those those slots nailed down, mm-hmm. and I'm not convinced he's a five eighth. But there's no other real place for him. Yeah, but, I feel, sorry, go on. I was going to say that I think Kate Cast is probably another full year away from being first grade quality, mm. and I I wouldn't be surprised if Walker's contract ends this year, and so the idea is to just let Kate sit on the bench, and he'd be perfect to come in and start next year and they just let Walker go. 
Yeah, and I feel as though, I mean, if Cust gets off to a great start for the season or if they've got a youngster in the lower grades that all of a sudden comes out and starts killing it, I think if they get a foot in the door with that 5-8th position, I wouldn't be shocked if Walker just finished the, like the last third of the season in reserve grade because he can't get back into the side because it really does feel like... Um, they sort of throw him in there at five eight because, you know, what else do you do with him? Sort of thing. Yeah, there's no to put him essentially. Yeah. What they're doing. But I I agree with you that he's the one thing in that lineup that sort of stands out as not being ideal. You know, you know the player I'm looking forward to seeing for them this year is Curtis Siren, and he really come on at the end of last year, and he started to show a little bit of the signs that as a junior people were saying, watch this, watch out for him because he could be a state of origin player. If he just plays a little bit better on top of that, I wouldn't be shocked to see him on the bench for New South Wales. He's definitely got the the size, the ball skills and the capabilities to be playing at a much higher level. Mm. Um, I don't know. He has had a few injury issues, which have, have hampered him a bit. I've said it before um, online. I think the Tigers, the Tigers coaching dramas that went on in those previous years when he was there were a big reason as to why he struggled to cement a place because he was always destined to be a back rower. Mm. But he played all his junior footy as a 5'8 or a halfback. He's just too big a human to be have playing in the halves. Yeah, but what the Tigers should have done is after that first season where we filled in the halves occasionally played pretty well. They should have said, right, next year you're playing in the centres, so you yeah. can still use your ball skills, but you're playing a bit wider. You're going to learn how to run lines, and give him one or two years there, and then move him into the second row. Instead, they went and took him from second uh, from five eighth and put him in the second row. And imagine doing that with any other genuine five eighth, like Darren Lockyer. We need you to play in the second row. Yeah. It's, it doesn't matter how the size of the body. It's the mindset. Yeah. He's got to go from being someone who's naturally inclined to run to the line and pass late or run drift sideways, that sort of thing, to running committed straight forward and smashing into someone when that's not really been part of your makeup in your brain. And mm. I'm not surprised it's taken him a few years and a change of club to really start to get it. Um but yeah, he did play really well last year, and I hope he, he does build on that and has a, a fit season because I think he does have the potential to be one of one of the top-line back rowers out there. Yeah, 100%. And he, he really did towards the end of last season. The timing of his running and just how powerful it was, it caused a lot of teams' problems. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he goes. And yeah, it's, I think it's going to be a really good season for the Seagulls. I don't know that they've got what it takes to win the Premiership, but that they, if Tom Trebojevic is healthy, you, they're in the they're in the race. That's right. They're they're an absolute threat if he's healthy. Um, next the Melbourne Storm. Yes, another to talk about. Well, I was going to say, to talk about here because of. For the first time in a long time, they've had quite a few changes to their squad, and it's not—it's not just a bunch of lower graders who they've lost. It's a bunch of, you know, genuine first graders. Yeah. So 
They've brought in Brenko Lee from the Titans, and Riley Jacks comes back from, from the Gold Coast as well. And they've upgraded Aaron Penny, Darren Schoenig, Nico Hines, and Isaac Lumelumi from um, development. They've lost Will Chambers to Japanese rugby, Solomon Okata to rugby, Joe Stimson to the Bulldogs, Billy Walters to West Tigers, Curtis Scott to the Raiders, and Brody Croft to the Broncos. Um, all Basically, all first graders they've lost. Um, Chambers had to go. Uh, his last two years were largely subpar for him. Yeah. But uh, Freddie Croft, as you said before, just, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, Jerome Hughes is, I think he, uh, I think there's no doubt last year he showed he's a bloody good, like, true footballer in the sense of, um, in a Tyrone Peachy sort of mould. Exactly. You could almost chuck him anywhere and he'd get a job done for you. But he doesn't have that polish at halfback that I believe you need. And I think that that was a really, really bad mistake by Craig Bellamy. I think it took the wind out of their sails last year and potentially cost them a premiership when they made that move to drop Croft. Um, When I look at this team, this Storm team, and it's really weird. I've never felt this before, but it feels like the team that a coach is putting out there, knowing that he is not, he hasn't got the time to develop a bunch of youngsters, and he's putting a team out there that he hopes can do a job for him. But this is probably the least impressive Storm team that I've seen for many, many years, maybe the entire time under Bellamy. And I think that the issues surrounding the hooker role with Smith, who Smith, the, the hooker role of Smith. So I'm not, I'm not going to try and say that anyone's going to be pushing Smith out. But you got Brandon Smith there, who's waiting in the wings, and he's a hooker. And then you've got the young bloke, what's his name, that wants to go to the West Tigers. Harry Grant. Yeah, Harry Grant. And Harry Grant, you've you've got massive raps on him. You believe he's the future of the hook a roll at the the storm but he is out and out saying look i want to play for the west tigers and that's not something that we've ever seen out of the storm especially under bellamy and so i just worry about i think that they're going to be they're going to do all the storm things right they're going to come out they're going to be the best coach team in the comp they're going to play really well they're going to be consistent and things but i don't think they've got that edge that they've had in the past and I think that they're less scary than they have been in the past. Yeah. And the thing that's crazy for them too is that the genuine first grade losses don't end this year because next year Vunavalu goes to Rugby Union mm-hmm. and they may also lose Josh Adokar as well. Yeah. Uh, and and it, Cameron Smith obviously is going to retire. Yeah. Yeah. And, so, and that's the thing. That's like I don't see this as a team where the coach is, is – making changes for the future. And I wonder if that's because Bellamy knows that his future lies elsewhere. Maybe not at the end of this year, but maybe the following year. Um, And that worries me. Yeah, so the best lineup I've got for them is Pappenhausen at fullback, Adokar, Marion Sevi, Justin Olam, and Vunavalu in the three quarters, Munster and possibly Riley Jackson, the halves. Um, Jesse Bromwich, Cameron Smith, Asafa Solomon in the front row, 
Kafusi, Kenny Bromwich, and Dale Finnegan in the back row. Brandon Smith, Kame Kamita, Christian Welch, and Jerome Hughes on the bench. And I say Riley Jack's possibly in the half because I wouldn't be surprised if Cameron Smith is at halfback a bit more this year and Brandon Smith starts at nine. Mm-hmm. And they might just put another forward on the bench instead of having Riley Jacks around. And that would mean that Cameron Smith does less defence and doesn't have, I suppose, so many big bodies running at him. It's, it also gives Brandon Smith proper time in the hooking role, knowing that he's going to have that permanently next year. So it's a good way to transition him into that role while still having Cameron Smith on the field with him to, you know, show him any little tricks and stuff he needs to, to learn along the way. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's a team that's definitely in transition. With that in mind, and the Storm being as weak as they are, where do you have them finishing? I've still got them at third. I've got them first. And the uh, coronavirus rank for Bellamy? One. He's fine. He's safe. One. Yeah. yeah, I expect that, and, and I'm just going on history, whenever you worry about the Melbourne Storm, they come out and do uh, have a ridiculous season. They'll no doubt have a bunch of players that we've never heard of that are probably in for test contention by the end of the year. And I just seen it too many times where I've been worried about the Storm. You look at their lineup, you're like, oh, man, this isn't looking good. And they're minor premiers. So that's what I've gone with. I'm just going on history. As you should. <laughs> now, <laughs> we move on to the uh, to the Newcastle Knights here. Mm. And another season where they've had a fair few players come and go, I guess. Not as much as the previous years, but yep. they've brought in Jaden Brody from the Sharks, um, Bremen Bess, Stafford Toa, and Juram Momosia. Have been upgraded from development. Anara Tuala's come from the Cowboys. Shibasaki from the Broncos. And I think they've brought in Tyrone Roberts-Davis, who was at the Titans. Mm-hmm. And they've lost Sean Kenny down to Hulk KR. James Gavay to Huddersfield. Jamie Bure and Zach Wolford have been unsigned. Ramian's gone back to the Sharks. Slade Griffin and Nathan Ross have retired. Danny Levi's gone to Manly. And Bo Fermor's gone to the Titans. Fair few losses. I mean, there's no, there's no one there that you sort of think are world beaters or anything like that. But that's still a lot of, a lot of place to leave the club. Um, when I look at this Newcastle lineup, I, I, and I know I rate him higher than you do. I think Callan Ponga is a shining light there. Uh, I think David Clemmer is amazing. I love David Clemmer. I enjoy watching him play in this Knights team. Bradman Best, it'll be interesting to see how he goes, you know. I'll tell you the what, rest of them, you know. Mitch, Mitch Barnett is very underrated in this side too. You reckon? Yeah. I, I like the way he plays. I think he's a very underrated player. Um, and there's big talk that, and I, I sort of have subscribed to the theory as well, that Phoenix Crossland might be playing in the halves in round one. They need something in the halves. They they need they need a spark in the halves. Normally, you would look to Kalen Ponga to come into that role, but I think he's at fullback. He 
is exactly what they need. And there was a lot of times last year when Mitchell Pierce would go MIA when the game was close, and poor old Ponga was left to do all of the playmaking. Um, if he can just get someone to help him do that when Pierce goes missing, that would be great for the Knights. But I, I look at this Knights team, and they're under a new coach, so you don't know how that will affect them. Um, but I'm just not impressed. Yeah. Um, their best lineup that I've got for them is Caleb uh, Pong at fullback, Edric Lee, Bradman Best, to, uh, Totao Moga, and Heimel Hunt in the three quarters, Crossland and Pierce in the halves, Clemmer, Braley, and Daniel Saifidi in the front row. Fitzgibbon, Mitch Barnett, and Tim Glasby in the back row with Guerra, SASA, Jacob Saifidi, and Sione Mataudia on the bench. Uh, interesting there. I don't have Connor Watson in the side because I don't think he's good enough for first grade. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I feel as though he needs, to, he needs to get more consistency, you know. And, and what position does he play? Well, that's the other thing. Like, I saw one thing, I think it might have been on their website, where they, they listed him at lock. He's never played there before. You know, the, and there's a place for players like that in certain clubs. Like, if you've got a club that's there or thereabouts, you can have a player like that on the bench, or the, and they can do something for you. But I think for a club like Newcastle, it's not the place to have a player like him. No. It's just not. Um, they've got quite a few rookies in the back line there. but And their, their pack is it's pretty damn good now. Mm. Again, depth is going to be a little bit of an issue up front. Um, and if Pierce gets injured again, then that's going to be a bit of a drama for them. So with that in mind, I don't see much change in their performance. I've got them at 12th this year. Okay, I, got, I put them at 13th this year. So I, I feel the same way. I, they're kind of going to be the same as they were last year. I think last year with that run they went on, I think that it, that was a little bit of a false economy for them. I think they ran into a lot of teams that for whatever reason at the time, they ran into them at the best possible time. Um, they beat a lot of teams that really should have beaten them during that run. And, yeah, I just think it's going to be the same sort of season for them. The only difference I could really see is if the coach comes in and does some sort of miracle coaching job on them. But, I mean, bloody hell, he'd have to be he'd have to coach his ass off to do that. Yeah, because the coach is going to be rookie Adam O'Brien. This is going to be his first season as an NRL head coach. Um, what's your coronavirus rank for him? I've got him uh, as number one on the virus ranking, uh, you know, it's his first year. I don't even think the Knights would sack him if they had a terrible year. Um, but I, I kind of hope that he comes in, sees what he's got, and then takes control of the club and doesn't let outside forces have the the main controlling interest in, in the year of the supporters. He needs to make this club his own. Absolutely. I've, I've got him at... at Ranking of two. Okay. And it's only because he is a rookie. He's probably on next to no cash. And if the Knights have a severely worse season, mm-hmm. the board just might go, yeah, piss him off, get someone new. It's not going to cost us that much. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, 
So next we've got the Cowboys. And this is when we were both umming and ahhing over a fair bit. Yeah. Um, pardon me. <laughs> um, they've brought in Reese Robson from the Dragons, Ethan Masters from the West Tigers, Connolly Lemulu from the Bulldogs, Ruben Cotter, Thomas Gilbert, Danny Russell being upgraded from development, and Valentine Holmes from the NFL. And they've lost Matt Scott and Scott Bolton, who have both retired, Carr, who's gone back to the Broncos, Anara Tuala's gone to the Knights, Tamara Martin has retired, David Bowen, Gideon Gillam Osby, Kurt Baptiste, and Carlin Anderson have all been released. Yeah, that, I mean, they had a bit of a clean out and they needed it. Yep. I think that Green, he was a little bit lucky to be in a position where he had a lot of runs on the board at the club. And so he's had a bit of leeway that I think a lot of other coaches wouldn't have got. I think a lot of other coaches would have been out after last year. I really like some of their signings. Um, Valentine, that, Valentine Holmes, if he can come back and even be 70% of the player he was when he left, he'll add a lot of attack to their back line, which they desperately, desperately needed. Masters will also add that. Um a lot of it, I think, rides on Morgan, and if he's healthy, he got a couple of head knocks last year that were the sort of head knocks that were, I mean, scary in in terms of, like, you don't like seeing a player mm. getting a head knock, but it seemed to be something that he didn't really shake. It, it, it seemed to get worse for him, and you hope that that doesn't happen this year. Um, but, yeah, I... I kind of, I think they'll go better than they did last year. I've got them finishing in eighth spot. Yeah, I've got them at eighth as well. I think they they will sneak into the finals, and I, I do put a lot of it down to a revamped backline because mm-hmm. their backline in the last two seasons was, let's be honest, it was boring. Mm-hmm. As soon as the ball went out, wide, just went, <sighs> yeah, <sighs> exactly. And I mean, uh-huh. this was this was a team that, I mean, they be they were carried by Jason Taumalolo last year, and unfortunately, they didn't have much on the back of what he was doing. And I think that just having Valentine Holmes on the back of that, you know, it's going to be interesting to see um, what he does out of dummy half. I think this year, playing at fullback, if he can get into dummy half at the right time. Um, he can break the game open. He's got that ability. Oh, so yeah. I'm really looking forward to seeing that. He's one of those genuine X-Factor players. He knows when to inject himself in a game too, which is a which is another big thing. Yeah. Um, one thing I want to see this year from the from the Cowboys, well, actually two things more than anything. I don't want to see Asiata playing in the halves anymore. I mean, it's impressive that a big man like him can actually ball play in the halves. Mm-hmm. But Paul Green... He's in the forwards. Just leave him there. The other yeah. thing is, I want to see Cohen Hess pull his fucking arm out of his ass and actually rip in this year. If Cohen Hess does that, it, it makes this Cowboys pack scary. Really, yeah. really scary. Um, it, but if he plays like he did last year, if he plays like he did last year, it might be the end of his first grade career. Like, that's how bad he's playing. He's He's walking into the John Carl or school of you're playing yourself out of a career here, you know? Yeah. That's how bad he played last year. He was just 
timid half the time. Yeah. And something he wasn't when he first burst on the scene. And, it, you know, he got his origin jumper because he wasn't that. You know, he was hitting the line hard every run. And then that just stopped. Mm. And he needs to get that. He needs to get his mojo back. Um, so the Cowboys lineup I've got for them is Donaldson Holmes at fullback. Felt, Masters, Opechik, and Murray Tuolagi in the three-quarter line. Clifford Morgan in the halves. McLean, Granville, Asiata in the front row. Cooper, Maguire, Tormalolo in the back row. Wright, Hess, Francis Milo, and Scott Drinkwater on the bench. Oh, you got Drinkwater on the bench. That's interesting. Well, I think you've got to put him there because if there is any head knocks to Morgan, you're going to need someone who can ball play in the halves. Mm-hmm. And... He's a pretty, pretty handy player. I, he's also he'd also be I think handy to come on and, and replace Granville for twenty minutes in every game or thirty minutes in every game. That that hooker. I tell you what, if he could do that, it'd be it'd be so good for them because they need that. They need as much attacking spark as they can get because, as you said last year, there was just none of that, and that's what they really, really missed. Yeah. That would be huge for them if they could get that out of him. Um, you know, also, that... if, they can get, if they can get Maguire to keep his hands out of people's eyes and focus on just playing rugby league, that would be fantastic too. Because when he focuses on playing rugby league, he's a bloody good player. Yeah, one hundred percent. And especially with the look, this this forward pack would have a really good balance. You know, even McLean, Jordan McLean is he's a really solid performer. Um, you know, he was a fringe New South Wales player at one point too. If he can get back to that form, he'd be fantastic. And, you know, as you say, if Maguire can just just play footy, forget all of that other rubbish, if Hess can be what Hess was even a couple of years ago, you know, Cooper is the most consistent player in the world and Tamalolo is the best forward in the world by, the you know, the length of the straight this forward pack can carry this team somewhere special, but there's a lot of players there that need to need to do their job, and I worry about that for the Cowboys. Exactly. So, what's your coronavirus rank for Paul Green? It's a four. Yeah, I've got him as a four as well. I think yeah. he might be in his last or second last season there. Yeah, if it goes. If it goes poorly, especially he made a lot of changes. They brought in Holmes, which is a, a very, very good signing. Eason Masters, a very good signing. There were enough changes made that he should be able to do something with this. And if the team doesn't respond this year, then as a club, you just have to look at who's left. And, and the coach is is one of the things you'd have to look at changing. Yeah, fully agree. All right. Moving on to one of our favourite teams here next, Parramatta. Yes, it's going to be an interesting one. <laughs> so they've brought in uh, Ryan Madison from the Kleenex factory because he's been spent most of the year last year crying about how hard he had to work. Ooh, sassy. Yeah. Um, Regan so Campbell, Gillard from Penrith. A in that one. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Regan Campbell, Gillard from Penrith. Um, Hayes Dunster, Ethan Parry have both been upgraded from development and they've lost Tim Manor and Matt McCurica who retired Manu Matu's gone to Hull FC Tapai Maro's gone to Rugby 
Greg Lilly Suyo, he's gone to the Titans, and Josh Hoffman has been unsigned. Okay. Andrew, I really like the Parramatta Eels this year. I'm I'm not going to get sucked into a. Hey, you know what? I think they're going to be pretty good too. Really? Yeah. I, I okay. I'll tell you the things I like about it. Right. I like that they they are pretty much almost the exact same side they had last year. Mm-hmm. Very settled lineup. The changes they made or, or the additions that they did have, I think they're positives with very little downside to them. Um, and they are upgrades. That 100% they're upgrades. I thought that Dylan Brown last year, towards the end of last year, and it was just in the last few few weeks of the competition, he went from being a youngster that was kind of handy to stepping up and being a scary player, a scary prospect. I thought that Reed Mahoney was... Uh, a similar sort of thing. I mean, I know you and me were a little bit perplexed as to a lot of the raps he was getting earlier in the season, because I think that we both didn't think he deserved them at that time. But by the end of the season, he was doing some things that were really, really impressive. Um, He was playing with a lot of confidence at the end of the year and he was looking very, very sharp. He really was. Um, And with, when you add all of that together, I like the, I mean, the the wingers are scary. Acevo is a destroyer of worlds. Blake Ferguson gives you just the highest quality wing play you could want. Um, Jennings is still a quality back. If when uh, Wacker Blake, when he plays at his best, he can be absolutely terrifying. Uh, if they had a first grade fullback, they'd be a terrible backline to face. But you know, I don't rate their coach at all. I've got them finishing in second place. And I think that if they if they just hook it up in the at the right time of the year, they might do it. Yeah, you know, I've I've got them finishing fourth, but I think the top four are gonna be even the top five are gonna be pretty close this year. And I don't think there's gonna be much between them. Maybe one, two wins. I agree. Um I was on the, the Full Credit of the Boys podcast earlier this week, and they said on there that they think Parramatta are a genuine premiership contender because of that kicking rule and the, you know, attacking kickers or attacking kick, kick chase cannot be tackled. Yeah. And that's going to favour them big time because Moses showed last year he's got a fantastic kicking game to the wing. Mm-hmm. And you've got someone like Sivo who's now got really good hands. He started the year a bit um, uncertain with his handling. But that really changed by the end of the season. He was perfectly fine. And Blake Ferguson, who is phenomenal in the air. When you've got two big targets like that to kick to, and knowing that just inside those you've got the speed of Michael Jennings, and Wonga Blake is no slouch either. Mm. Um, There's so many targets they can kick to out there. And then you throw in the fact that three in from out wide, you're going to have Sean Lane, who's 19 foot seven, (laughs) <laughs> and Ryan Madison, who can play as a 5'8 or a centre anyway. Mm. Man, so many targets to kick to whenever they get to the last. All they're going to need is their front rollers to protect Moses whenever he's on the last. So he doesn't get, because he will be targeted heavily this year, more so than ever. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think that that's why I really am excited to see how Dylan Brown plays. Because if he can if he can be the sort of player that can take a little bit of pressure off of Moses, that's going to be absolutely huge. And the, th- the thing about Moses too is, and he, he showed this at times last year, he's a little bit rocks and diamonds. But if he can be diamonds at the right time of the year, that that's where for me it's I think they're a premiership threat and it's weird to talk about it like that with this team and and but it's on the basis of the fact that for the most part it's the same team as last year they all yeah. know their roles they they're not going into this season not knowing how they play um they know what what they've got they know how they play they know that it works to a certain extent they've improved their their team. And yeah, I've got them in second place for that reason. Now, I'll bring up two negatives to make it feel a bit more normal. Okay. Okay. Regan Campbell-Gillard was an absolute plotter last year. Yeah. He can't be like that this year because the one thing that Parramatta needs if they're going to win is their forwards laying a good platform because their backs are just unbelievable backs. They've got yeah. skill and X factor everywhere in the back line except for Gutherson. Um, the other issue too is Brad Arthur has consistently failed to make back-to-back final series. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that for me, if they had a good coach, and I, I don't rate Brad Arthur, I think he's had plenty of time to prove himself. Um, I, I think that I would be I would be saying they might possibly be the team to beat this year. Um, but with Brad Arthur being the coach, that really, really worries me. I agree with you on, on Campbell Gillard. Look, if he can be 80% of the player that he was at his best, he'll do the job that they need him to do. Um, if he can get back to his best, it's going to be terrifying playing the Eels because he is a really good ball runner. He was fantastic. Absolutely, wow. man. It's it's a really, it's going to be a really fun season for Eels fans. They should have ridiculous crowds at that stadium, that beautiful stadium of theirs. Um, this is a team that really should be thinking about September already. Now, what's your coronavirus rank for Brad Arthur? Well, considering that he had that catastrophic terrible loss last year and they gave him a contract extension <laughs> just 24 hours later if there was something beyond number one I would say that I, I've got him as two because okay. I think he is an absolute one if they stay in the top eight mm-hmm. but I worry if they don't make the finals this year that the well, I don't worry. I just I think the the Parramatta board might say you've been here a bit long and you've not been consistent enough. We need better, and they yeah, might they, start looking elsewhere. They would have to sack him. They would literally have to sack him because with that lineup he has, and the fact that it is so settled, if they don't make the finals, I don't care how much they've got to pay him out. They need to, they need a new coach. Exactly. All right. Penrith. Yes, your 2020 premiers. Let's do it. 
the first of the two biased reviews that we'll do tonight. <laughs> what do you mean, bias? I can't wait to go on the parade through High Street. It'll be fun. Um, so they've had a few changes. They've brought in Abby Corrissau from Manly, Dean Bloor, Sean Bloor, Stephen Crichton, Braden McGrady have been upgraded from development. Kurt Capel comes in from the Sharks and Zane Tedavano from the Roosters. They've lost Campbell Gillard to Parramatta, Sianna Katoa to the Dogs, Tim Grant and Sam McKendry have retired, Wade Egan to the Warriors, Tyrrell Fuimono has gone to the Dragons, Hammy Selly, Frank Winterstein, Paya Pua and Nikki Louis Toso have been unsigned. That's a lot of uh, cattle changes around the, the, especially in the depth area, but also in some of the first grade spots as well. Yeah, it is. I, I think the, I think the basis of their first grade side though, they like there's a lot of players around the edges there, and like reserve grade players that they lost from from uh, that list, and I think the additions they've made, they're not fantastic additions outside of Coruscant, who I think is. One is going to be one of the best buyers of the year. I think he's exactly what they needed. They needed they needed to spark out a dummy half, and he's exactly that spark. Um, I do worry about their pack still. Their pack was the softest pack in the comp last year, I believe. And you know that still does worry me. I need something from James Tamo, like just something, dude. Like mm. you mass go and look in the mirror. You're a giant dude. Go and play like a giant dude. Um, Kikau, I think, is going to be even better this year, which is kind of scary to think about. He he looks like in the preseason, from what I've seen of him, and, and from what we saw in the test matches uh, last year, he looks like he's learning a few things beyond just the fact that he is an absolute giant that is physically gifted. Um, he's learning some of the nuances of what he can do um, with the, the gifts that he has. So that'll be huge for Penrith. Uh, Nathan Cleary has got another year under his belt. I've never worried about Nathan Cleary. Um, they've got a lot of depth in the halves, which is really, really key for the Panthers. I think there's a lot of changes they can make in the halves, which would be really good. Um, you know, I, I think Lu, uh, uh, Luai is going to be... I think he'll get the job done. And I think he showed that last year in the test matches. I mean, was that something that you got out of his performance in the test last year? Yeah, he's sort of one of those off-the-cuff type players. Mm. But I think he's also someone who I can see would be able to be moulded to be a... You know, have a bit more controlling aspect in his game as well. Without mm. losing too much of the X, X factor stuff, yeah, and um, learn to pick his pick his times to do the X factor stuff. The the only concern that that Penrith's going to have this year is again that's going to be a consistent thing because pretty much their entire backline and their halves are all youngsters. Yeah, like if it was nineteen seventy, not one of them would be allowed in a pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They'd be flat out playing first grade, some of them, yeah, just because they're, they're too young. But that's that's not a criticism, though, because, by God, they've got some talented backs there. Um, this is the lineup I've got for them. It's going to be a lot different to what most people have. Mm-hmm. Um, and feel free to make changes to it if you want. But I, at, at fullback, I've got Caleb Akins. 
Um, I've got Dylan Edwards and Brian Tuo on the wing, Stephen Crichton and Brent Naden in the centres, Luai and Clear in the halves, Tamo, Coruscant, Tedavana on the front row, Kickout, Capewell and Fisher Harris in the back row with Liam Martin, Spencer Linu, Moses Leota and Isa, oh, Isa Yeo on the bench. Yeah, look, I like that lineup. Um, Faray, I feel as though is a if he's in your lineup, it's because you've got an injury, you know. And he's a really good player to bring in in that sense, but I, I don't think he just doesn't give you much, you know. Um, Dylan, I think, Edwards, I, I think we saw enough from Crichton and Naden last year to see that those two kids are exciting. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Edwards, I don't like him at fullback. Yeah, so I, I, I prefer him on the wing. Josh Mansour, look, it's going to be an interesting season for him. I love him. He, when he's on his game, he's fantastic. He's In fact, he's exactly what you'd want for this Penrith team. Um, he has talked about his struggles coming back from that horrible, horrible facial injury he had, and I don't... I, I don't think that you can say a bad word about his performances last year when you take that into account. Um, it's going to be... But the, then the thing is that Penrith, he's under super amounts of pressure just because they've got so many youngsters lining up for, for that them wing positions. Um, so it's going to be an interesting year for him. I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up playing for another club next year. And he'll be a great buy for another club next year if that happens. Um, but it, for this Panthers side, I think it all comes down to their forwards. If their forwards play soft, they're going to go nowhere. Um, I think they've made enough changes. Look, if, if Tamo can pull his finger out, and I think we saw at times last year that that, that was starting to change. I think as much as we were probably somewhat critical of it at the time. I think giving him the captaincy did make him realise that he needs to start leading by example. And it started to have a bit of a positive impact on him. Not as much as needs to be, but it's a move in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, Ted Ivano, I think, is a pretty good pickup, as is Capewell. Um, they're both good hard workers. And so that's going to toughen up both the front row and the back row. And Fisher-Harris, I wasn't... I think he played pretty solidly last year as well. And I think if the pack is performing better around him, he will lift his game to match them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think they've made enough, just just enough changes there to improve their pack. Coruscant has a huge advantage to that side, though. Massive, massive addition. And, and the absolute perfect sort of hooker for this pack. Um. The other thing I think they need to do, and I think Kickout started to do it in the test last year, Kickout needs to, and it's part of his development as a player, you know, it's not a criticism, but when he realises that he can make a, a massive impact in the middle of the field and then pick and choose his spots when he goes wide, uh, that's going to change the Panthers' pack. Because I think if... if they took him and said, look, forget all of this playing out wide stuff and the just the magic you do and the the nightmares that you give players out wide. Just become a front rower. I think if he just become a front rower, he would be one of the top front rowers in the game with his go forward alone uh, because he's just so massive. He's just a giant. It's crazy. Yeah. But I think if he does 
some of the work up front, not not heaps of it because you don't want to dull him in attack out wide, but if he does a little bit of that up front and then looks to go out wide, I think it changes the way you look at the Panthers overall. Yeah, absolutely. Um, plus at the moment, he's just sort of parked out on one side and he tends to get the ball at the same sort of time every time when the when the attack's not really going anywhere. Yeah. They just sort of go, throw it to kick out, see if he can create something. Um, which can make him a bit more predictable. And that's something you don't yeah. want an, a, a unique player like him to become is predictable. Exactly. And I think it also draws um, mistakes out of him because he kind of knows, look, if I'm if I'm not throwing this pass out the back, we're not going anywhere. Exactly. And I think he, he forces it. And, and it's not even a criticism of him. I almost put that at the the feet of the coach. Um, but there's also that, the flip side of that, whether I wonder if they've thought to themselves last year, let him learn, let him work it out, and we'll take the, the bad with the good this year in hope that going forward he will work that out. And I, I do, I think that last year, towards the end of last year, you sort of saw a few things of him in the tests where you're like, oh, it, it, there, there was just a change in his game where I, I feel as though he worked a little bit out. Yeah. So where have you got Penrith finishing this year? I have them finishing seventh, which is not too dramatic a jump for them. I think that the the fight for the top eight is going to be I don't think you're going to have as many teams involved in it, but I think the teams that are involved in that, those lower positions in the top eight are very close to one another. Um, and so I've had them finishing in seventh position. I've I've got them finishing 10th, mm-hmm. but I think the top eight from, from seventh down to 11th is probably going to have one, maybe two wins between them. Okay. Um, another reason I've got them there is because... It's a very young spine other than Coruscant. I mean, Coruscant's pretty young anyway. And, you know, when you've got such a young spine, there is going to be times when it doesn't click or one of them's trying too hard or, you know, inconsistency happens. So they're going to be a confidence team more than anything. When the confidence is up, they're going to go on a run. When it goes down, it's they're going to go on a losing run. And that's how I, I see them going um, in this season. Uh What's your coronavirus rank there for Ivan Cleary? I have him ranked as number one because if they were to sack him, they owe him about $10 million. <laughs> I've got him at number two. Okay. Um, I just, I think I would have had it at three if yeah. if Phil Gould was still around. Oh, well, if, you know, if Phil Gould was still there, you could have made him five. <laughs> You just so, sign them for four years and then you get rid of them after two and pay, you know, 40% of their salary while they do something at another club. <laughs> at the moment, he's been coaching for two years. So I've got him up to two because I think he might be getting tired soon. <laughs> he's getting tired. <laughs> How dare you? He might I need a nap. Say, I will say this about Ivan Cleary. There's no, the honeymoon is well and truly over. He has to do some coaching now. He has to, he has to show us why he's on so much money. Well, because he's son. Well, there, there is a, <laughs> and this is the problem you have. Like, if you want to have 
Nathan Cleary there for the next 10 years as a Panthers fan, his dad can't be sacked. Yeah, it's a pretty good idea by, by Ivan, really. Yeah, and I mean, you know, oh, I'm rubbing my forehead. Can we move to the next team? Because <laughs> this would give you a bit of relief. The Dragons. Yeah. Oh, we're going the Dragons. I thought we were going Souths. Oh, no, I'm mixing it up. We'll go yeah. the Dragons. Okay. Um, so they've got new new faces have come to the side. Tyrrell Fuimono from the Panthers. Isaac Luke from the Warriors. Eddie Blackhead, Jackson Ford, and Jason Sub have been upgraded from development, and Braden Williami from Catalan. And they've lost Jonas Pearson to the Titans. Jerry Lattimore's retired. Gareth Whittup's gone to Warrington. Reese Robson's gone to the Cowboys. Stephen Masters has gone to South. And Mitchell Allgood, Jai Field, Lachlan Maranta, Patrick Cafusi, Darren Nichols, and Lachlan Tim have all been released. Ah, uh, man. I. I... I don't know what to say, Dragons fans. Part of me loves parts of your team. And then I remember who the coach is and I just get sad. I I look at their squad and I say, I, I wish I could see most of those players at my team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even the, the kids they've got there. I just look at them going, what a lineup. And then you look at where they finish the letter and you're going, what a fuck up. Yeah, yeah. And look, like Paul Vaughan, fantastic prop. James Graham, he's got another year on him. And I, I've always worried about this with James Graham, that he's going to get old overnight because of the way he plays. Um, he'll try his ass off no matter what, but I just worry about that with James Graham. Tyson Frizzell. I worry that he is already looking at the next team he will be playing for because he's sick of this shit. Um, Tariq Sims, like he's a Sims. You know, he's going to be a world beater some weeks and then you're going to wonder what the fuck is he doing. (laughs) Um, I thought it was weird bringing Trent Merrin back. Mm. Did you think that? I thought it was a bit odd, yeah. I mean, it's not a criticism of Merrin because he is a a good player. There's no doubt about it. Um. Yeah, I just thought they they. I didn't think they'd go there. Mm. Um. And their backline. I mean, they've got a lot of guns in the in the backline there. I might as well just go through the lineup here. They've got. Yeah, yeah. I've got them down as having Tristan Saylor at fullback. I like that. Um. I've got Zach Lomax on the wing with Pereira on the other. Aiken and Lapai in the centres. Norman and Hunt in the halves. Vaughan McInnes, Graham in the front row. Tarek Sims, Tyson Frizzell, Trent Merrin in the back row. Corbin Sims, Isaac Luke, Jackson Ford, Blake Laurie on the bench. My God, that's a good-looking side. And that I mean, forward pack just looks so balanced. It, oh, man, it really, really does. They should be looking, and if they had a decent coach, we're looking at a at least a top-five side. Agreed. You know? But they're, they're terribly coached and they're terribly managed. And, you know, the players aren't stupid. They know it. Um, Man, it, it just sucks because they're probably going to start the season off really well and we're going to love watching them play, just like happened last year. Mm-hmm. And then it's all going to fall apart and Dragons fans will be in for a really long season. 
and I just hate it. I just hate it. Like I, I like I like so much about them. I like their halves. I think the halves are, are really good. You know, I think Norman yeah. and Hunt is a really nice. There's a nice balance between them, and there's a nice bit of a change between them. But man, I I like so much of the team. I think Sailor should be the first choice first choice fullback. But I know that a lot of the talk is suggesting that he may not even be in the starting seventeen, and Lomax will start at fullback. And Lomax will do a decent enough job there. But I just I think Sailor's. I think he's that sort of X factor type player, kind of like when Valentine Holmes came along. You just got to put him in there. You just know he's ready for it. Kalen Pong is another one in the same mould. Just chuck you know him what? in there. Valentine Holmes is the best comparison I've heard for Sailor. Um, he's a really, really good comparison. Just someone that he just he just has that that extra something, and you just want him on the footy field. Yeah. And like we've talked about, where's his position going to be? And there's a little, there was a little bit about that with Holmes as well. And so, and so, like he was mostly just chucked on the wing, and he still did his thing once he found his feet. Um, I, I feel like I kind of agree with you. I kind of want to see him get that run at fullback and see if that's his position. Um, especially knowing that he's, I mean, he's one of the best. Um, best performers in the gym at the Dragons. We've heard about this all off-season. He's, he's probably lifting heavier weights than most other players. I think with that upper body strength like that and the leg strength he's got, mm-hmm. man, put him at fullback and just let him run at full pace into any lineup and say, try and stop me. Yeah, and, and the worst that happens is they fail, which is what they're lining up for anyway with the coach they've got. Um, God, it sucks because I'm like you. I look at this team and I'm like, man, there's so many good players here. Exactly. Ugh. Because of the coach, I've got them finishing 13th. I have them finishing 12th. Mm. What's your uh, coronavirus rank there for Paul McGregor? Five, please. <laughs> Make it happen. The I, sooner I wanted, the better. I want it to be five, but you and I both know it's one. Ah, look, look, okay, say he, say he starts off the first month and a half in their four and two, which is really, really possible with this Mm -hmm. lineup. Would you be shocked if they did something really weird that just cemented his place further? Not at all. Like, I don't know that they can give him any more of a contract extension than he's got now, but if they like... I don't know if they put like family members in around him or brought them into the club or something. <laughs> like I just wouldn't uh, be shocked. Ah, uh, it's it's so dispiriting seeing a team that should be in the top five and just knowing in your heart they're going to finish in the bottom five. Yeah, yeah, it and really, really. I, is. I, and I say this with all honesty, I really feel for Dragons fans because that team deserves such. Even even an average coach would get them in the top eight. And you know the the weird thing about them last year, they started off great, and the coaching was so poor. And you actually saw you saw it break the players, yeah. which I don't remember happening too many times. Where you know the players were were being asked to play a style of game which they were never going to be able to sustain, and the coach broke the players. 
Yeah, completely. Um, let's hope Shane Flanagan teaches them something. Although he's not a very good attacking coach, so he might he might get the forwards to perform in a different way, which is more suitable, perhaps. Yeah, Who I mean, knows? if he can if he can give the forwards a a better rotation to work off or work on, you, you know, get, allowing their depth to take pressure off their starters and not burn their starters out. At the very least, if they just did that, it would be a positive. Agreed. Um, move on to South now. Um, they've had a fair bit of big names come and go from the club, so it'll be interesting to see how they go. So they've brought in uh, Latrell Mitchell and his Mercedes. Um <laughs> Bryson Goodwin from Warrington, Troy Dagger from the Broncos, Stephen Masters from the Dragons, Patrick Mogo from the Broncos, Josh Cook, Dean Hawkins, Keon Kolomatangi, and Kai Rodwell have all been upgraded from juniors. Uh, and they've lost John Sutton, Greg Ingles, and Sam Burgess, who are retired. George Burgess went to Wigan. Dean Britt went to the Dogs. Connor Tracy to the Sharks. Billy Britton to the Dragons. Maween Hiroti to the Sharks. Adam Dewey to the Tigers. Kyle Turner and Jacob Gagan have both been released. Big changes, hey. Um, There's a a lot of changes there. Um, Not a huge amount to the starting lineup, other than in the in the forwards. Really, I mean, losing losing Sutton and Sam Burgess takes a huge amount of their forward pack. Yeah, and I think the loss of Sutton is quietly their biggest loss because you, you knew what your Sutton was giving you. You know, and he was super reliable, and he has been for for Souths for a decade plus. It's a real Luke Lewis type player. Yeah, Just yeah, constantly and, reliable and dependable. Yeah, and not only that, like he did have that touch. I mean, he used to play five eight. He did have that touch of ball playing about him too. Mm. Um, so he gave you a little bit of something extra at times. Um, you know. Uh, there's been all the headlines about Latrell Mitchell, and rightfully so. I think he's gonna. It'll take some time to work out that fullback spot, but he'll work it out. He's he's a fantastic, talented player. Um, it'll be interesting to see if he changes his his body shape a little bit, and maybe drops a little bit of of the weight that he carries as a centre that allows him to have a power game just so that he, he lasts longer in games, which and that's going to be really interesting to see. I don't I don't think he needs to um you know, there's it's not like he's got to drop, you know, fat or anything like that. I just think he might change his his body shape a little bit. So yeah, uh, I'll be, I mean most of the time for for centers that they do have to bulk up um yeah. more for the defence more than anything. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's something he's not going to have to worry about too much is, is the defensive workload at fullback. Yeah. So I, I do I do get what you mean. Um, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that his body shape needs to change at all, really. I think he just needs to do a bit more work on, on cardio and, and running because you do so much more running at fullback, obviously, than what you do at centre. Um, but I don't know. A lot of people... I'm very doubtful that he'll work at fullback. I actually think I'd give him three, maybe four games, and I think you'll start seeing him playing very good football there. I don't think it's going to take him that long. 
yeah, I th- I think within the first month of the competition, he's going to do something that's going to make everyone go, oh shit, you know, <laughs> we were <laughs> he's wrong. working it out, you know. Um, yeah, I, I just have a feeling. I was when I went to the test match last year, I was kind of shocked at how big Latrell Mitchell was in terms of his height and his frame. Um he's a he's a massive dude. And yeah, I I, I wouldn't be shocked if he decided to just make himself uh just not carry the bulk that as you said that center needs. Um for the rest of this this South team there's parts of it that I like, but I think that their forward pack is really, really not that good. I I don't think it's too bad, but boy, are they thin on depth? Yeah, real, I, like, real thin. Yeah, like when I I just think when Thomas Burgess is projected to be your starting prop, that's a problem. Mm, agreed. Yeah. Um, let's have a look at their, their best lineup. We'll talk yeah. about it a bit more in a sec. So we've got Latrell Mitchell at fullback, Campbell Graham, Dane Gagai, James Roberts, Alex Johnson in the back line, Adam Reynolds and sorry, Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds in the halves, Liam Knight, Damian Cook, Thomas Burgess in the front row, Jaden Sewer, Ethan Lowe, Cameron Murray in the back row, Tavita Satola, Mark Nichols, Tom Mooney, and Stephen Masters on the bench. Stephen Masters, I called him in the lower grades last year. He looked like a first grader to me in the lower grades. And so I wouldn't be shocked if he forced his way into the side. And, you know, he's obviously going to take a little time to get up to first grade speed. But I think when he does, he's going to be a really good signing for them. Um, I'll say one one thing that worries me about this side is their centres. Yeah. Gagai and Roberts. Um, Gagai's, he reminds me a little bit of Dale Shearer, and that is when he gets to rep level, he's fantastic. But at club level, we just go, why can't he play like that for us? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I think that um, I, I feel as though if they could have moved him on, they would have. Yeah, you know, uh, and it's, it seemed like they were going to, and it didn't work out for them. James Roberts has been... I'm going to be harsh here. He's been a dud since he moved to, to South Sydney. Yeah, I think that they got that money freed up from Inglis and they they blew their wad. And, yep. and I'm shocked by it because I, I, I just think they wasted an opportunity. They really wasted an opportunity. Um, Roberts does show you know, flashes of class, but there's not that consistency underneath it. No, nowhere near it. So I think they've got possibly the best wing combination in the game outside of the Storm, and maybe even Parramatta. And Campbell Graham and Alex Johnson are just genuine try scorers. Yeah, Johnson especially. Johnson's one of those, he's one of those players that, he just can't stop himself scoring tries. I think going exactly. back to the win will be really good for his career, actually. Yeah. Um, Cody Walker, he looks to have overcome that horror patch of form he went through last year after the after his Origin debut. Mm-hmm. Um, he started to, to get back in the groove when the finals come around. 
So I'm hoping he starts this year in the same form he started last year because, my God, he was unbelievable last year at the start of the season. He was the best player in the comp for the first, what, two and a half months, three months? Hands down. No Mm. one was near him. Mm. Um, Yeah, this this forward pack, oh, boy. The back row is not too bad. Um, Obviously, Cook's a quality hooker. Mm -hmm. The rest is just, even the bench, you just go... Wow, um, one or two injuries there, and they are in huge problem up front. Yeah, yeah, and the the other thing too with this South team, and even at their best, it was the problem, the number one problem. Adam Reynolds will look like he is just he's just on a roll. He's got his game, he's killing it, and then he gets injured. And unfortunately for South, he usually gets injured in the last two or three weeks of the competition and mm. has to drag himself through the final series. Yeah. Um, in saying that, I don't know. There's something about that side. I just look at it and think, yeah, especially when they're coached by Wayne Bennett, I just think, I think they're going to do okay. I think they'll do the typical Wayne Bennett side thing in that they'll be they'll they'll have an extra consistency because he brings a consistency to teams but they won't have that x factor that you need to really win the premiership um agreed and, and i i think that they've done a really smart thing in getting ready to show Ben at the door because i think this team if he was there for, if he was the one that was in charge of everything for next season, I could see this turning into a Newcastle situation where when Bennett, when Bennett leaves, you kind of look at the lineup and think, what the hell happened here? Mm. Um, I don't think they're going to suffer that, but I do think that they've got some problems that they need to fix with this team, and I don't think they'll win the premiership. And I wouldn't be shocked if by the end of this year they've come to a conclusion that they need to move on from Adam Reynolds. Big talk. Yeah, and look, I love him as a player. When he's healthy, he's a fantastic halfback. He gives you so much. But you, you just how many times are you supposed to see a season's um, hopes dashed because one of your best players just always gets injured. You can't yeah. keep doing that. No. Um, so despite our heavy criticism, I've, I've listed South as coming second. Okay. Wow, that's... I've got them coming for... Uh, I've got them coming fifth. Yeah. Because okay, well, I... We've come I down think... hard on it, but we still place them pretty highly. Yeah. <laughs> It's they worry me. They really worry me. I if they had a really bad injury toll in the forwards, it would turn into a disaster because they've got zero depth. And I don't know who they'd call up if they've if they just have a bad run up front. Yeah, yeah their forward depth is is a genuine worry. Mm. Yeah, we get on to the premiers. The roosters next. Yes. And they've not had 
much changes. They've had some pretty decent losses, though. A few players you may have heard of. They've brought in Kyle Flanagan from the Sharks. That's it. And they've lost uh, Latron Mitchell to the Rabbitohs. Cooper Cronk's retired. Ted Avano's gone to Penrith. And Bernard Lewis has been released. It's... A lot of people were worried about Flanagan coming in and replacing Croc. I mean, that is a massive pair of boots to fill. Mm-hmm. But he looks like he's fitted in sort of seamlessly into the Roosters' attack, which has been, I suppose, not entirely unexpected given he's already shown he's a, cl- he's a class player. Yeah. Um, and if, if you're a rookie and you want to make your debut somewhere, that's a pretty... Damn fucking good squad to have around you to slide into as easily as he has. Yeah, and I, look, I think he was an absolute steal. I can't believe that so many other teams didn't throw big money at Flanagan um, because, um, like you and me, thought he was fantastic for the Sharks last year. And, yeah, fantastic situation for him. Great buy for the club. And... Yeah, they've lost Kronk, but he's a damn good replacement for, for Kronk. And I, I think that the fact that his dad's a coach, that's an extra thing that um, I don't think many people factor in, but I think is a, is huge. Because this is a young bloke that's grown up in first-grade dressing sheds and has seen premiership wins firsthand. And so he, he's... He's got an extra bit of um, life experience that most young halfbacks do not have. So I think that's something to keep in mind. Absolutely. Um, so the best lineup I've got for them in 2020, um, James Tedesco got fullback, Tupo, Brett Morris, Joseph Manu, and Matt Ikuvalu in the three quarters, Flanagan and Kiri in the halves, Rhea Hargraves, Jake Friend, and Tokiaho in the front row, Cordner, Crichton, and Radley in the back row, with Orbison, Butcher, Liu, and Lindsay Collins on the bench. Yep, and I think they'll they're probably gonna get Morris at some point. I'd be yeah. kind of shocked if that didn't happen. Hey, I think if, if Josh Morris comes along, uh, you'd probably move. Would you move Tupo to the wing and put both Morrises on the other wings? I don't know. It's, it's hard to know where you put them. I mean, Ikevala would would drop out of that back line. Mm. Josh Morris would come in there somewhere. Maybe put Josh at centre and Brett, at, Brett in the wing. Yeah, I, I think I'd I'd put Morris in the centres. Just for the fact that they have lost uh, Latrell Mitchell and Morris is one of those players that you can put him into the into that centre position and know that you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's just I mean, one less thing to worry about as a coach it, from when you consider that, I mean, Mitchell's such a big loss in so many different ways. It's just, it fills a hole in their team that, and, and Morris, I mean, he's such a professional. It's just the, almost the perfect replacement for a, a budget sort of buy. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose another player that the Roosters have got to fall on if they need any depth in the um, the back line is Ryan Hall. <laughs> fucking dare you. <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit shocked that Ryan Hall's still on their books. Yeah, he, it's, it's a pretty long holiday he's had in Australia, isn't it? 
Yeah. And when I say their books, I mean both sets, allegedly. But, yeah, I thought that they would have said to Ryan Hall, listen, Ryan, it's been fun, but you probably should look at going home. Um, He must be... As soon as possible. Yeah. (laughs) Please, we'll take you to the airport. Um, He must be on very, very little money. Is that's the only thing it can be. And if look, if he come over on very little money and he's here just as much for the experience of it all as anything else, good luck to him. And it's nice that the Roosters have kept him around. I wonder uh, if he is actually back from that injury yet. I don't believe he is. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, uh, a, it's a good side, though, and it's 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 basically unchanged with the, you know, the two the two losses they've got in Cronk and Mitchell have been pretty capably covered. Yeah, and very well coached. I think that last year, uh, the thing that I really liked about what they did last year was the way that they would have, um, like, say, injuries and suspensions and stuff in their pack, and they rotated their packs so well. And the players that they brought in did the job. It was very. It was almost like something that you see in Bell, Craig Bellamy coach sides in that mm. he brought he would bring players in. Robinson would bring players in, and he would give them a real specific role, and just stick with that and do that job. And that's what they did really well in their pack. And their backs were so classy. So and if they can win the premiership this year. You got to start looking at them on an all-time scale, don't you? I mean, I'm not saying best team of all time, but you've got to group them in with those all-time teams, don't you? Absolutely, you do. Absolutely. Um, even Melbourne, when they were playing with a heavily illegal side, couldn't win three straight premierships. Mm. So it's. It's a hell of a feat if they do it. I do have them finishing as minor premiers this year. Wow, that's really interesting. I have them finishing fourth just because I think they there there are a couple of players depth lower, and I think that the Latrell Mitchell loss in terms of there were a few games last year that Latrell Mitchell decided to win the game and no one could stop him, and so I think that they'll they'll drop a maybe a win or two from that. Um, but, I, I, you know, my my thing is for a team that has been a two-time premiership winning team and they're going for three straight and the grind of that and the just the extra games, just the extra games of playing in the grand final and then you throw the World Club Challenge on that as well, I'm giving them a little bit of leeway in having them finish fourth, I think that they're... I've got no doubt they're a premiership threat, obviously, but I'm just giving them that little bit of leeway in terms of dropping a couple of games that they might have won last year. And what's the uh, coronavirus rank you've got there for Trent Robinson? One. He has no chance of being sacked. Nah, I'm the same. He's he's a a very solid one. Mm. Uh, Next, we've got the Warriors... Oh, man. <laughs> this is always tough. Yeah. Um, so the Warriors have brought in Jermaine Tanua-Brown, Adam Pompey, and Elisa Katoa, who have been upgraded from juniors, and Wade Egan from the Panthers. 
They've lost Blake Ashford, who retired, Isaac Luke to the Dragons, Tavita Sate to Hull FC, Liggy Sau to Hull FC, and Sam Lassoni to the Titans. Um, if ever there was a team that needed to have a bit of a clean-out and didn't even bother, it's the Warriors. Yep. Um, we said, when was it, a couple of weeks ago, I think we said that, uh, well, I know I said you could you could keep Roger Chulvasashek, you could keep Harris Tavita, and if you got rid of every single other player, I think it would have been a good thing. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's, again, for me, it's another situation kind of like the Dragons where I, I'm putting more of the blame on this side's complete lack of performance on the coach, not so much on the players. Because I think if you've got a decent coach in there, they would be much more successful than they are. I don't think their squad is Titans like bad. Oh, no, there, no. There are some parts of it that are, but nowhere near as much all over the park. Mm-hmm. So the lineup I've got for them for 2020 is two Shek at fullback, Fusatua, Patrick Herbert, Peter Hiku, and Ken Mawala in the three quarters, Harris Tavita and Blake Green in the halves, Parsi, Carl Lawton, and Lisa Nama in the front row, Pulu, Harris, and Tavanga are in the back row, and Papali, Lachlan Bird, Bunty Yafoa, and Hayes Perham on the bench. So you didn't have Nick Arima in there, 17. I can't find a place for him. I, I don't... I don't think he's got the defensive ability to be an outright hooker. Mm-hmm. I think he's too erratic as a half. Besides, mm-hmm. I want to see Harris Tavita at 5'8". 100%, yep. I don't see Nick Arima as a player who can control a game. And mm-hmm. I especially don't see him as being able to control a game better than Blake Green. And for me, that's saying something. Yeah. And so I don't know where to put him. And... I think Hayes Perham is long overdue a spot on the bench and, and he's going to be a long-term player for them. Um, possibly when Blake Green leaves, hopefully Harris Tavita is able to take over the seven job. Perham can move into six. Um, I just... I, I don't get the Nick Arim purchase. I don't know what they planned on doing with him. And yeah, I that, think they've got Warden and Wade Egan who are genuine hookers as well. Hmm. Well, that's they, the thing. When they bought, when they brought Nick Arima, right? I can understand, like, because they bought a New Zealand Test player back to the Warriors, and if you look at it just purely as that, it's like, wow, that's fantastic. Yeah. But as you say, what was the plan? Like, I, I don't understand it either. If they have him coming off the bench as a hooker option. Maybe, but it's still not ideal. It's not like he gives you that some incredible change up, you know. That's right. Um, I mean, if if you want him as a hooker, why buy Wade Egan from Penrith? Exactly, exactly. And I think Egan is a a pretty good buy. I think he's the sort of buy that it's like, look, he's available. He played pretty well last year. Uh, let's give it a shot because we've got nothing to lose. Mm. So I, I don't mind that. I think Blake Green is a. I think Blake Green, um, has he survived a, a 
I mean, he was at Manly and he did a very specific job for them. And the Warriors wanted him to do a similar job. And I think he did that up until last year. And I think last year he, he, he reverted back to being a reserve grader. I don't think he was a first grade quality player. And I think that the way that they stuffed around Harris Tavita, who I really, really rate, was ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. that, he really should have been in the halves from the get go and just learn the game. No, um, fully agree. You know, and, and it, this really should be his team at some level in terms of being being the the, the halfback. But and you can't put Nicarima beside him though because Nicarima is he's not Radical. a five eight. Yeah, and he's just going to put pressure on Harris Tavita because he's going to be the only playmaker on the field. It's the same problem the Broncos had when Nicarima was at the Broncos. That's why they got rid of him. Yeah, and that's why Blake Green serves a purpose. He'll be able to help Harris Tavita, you know, by being solid and stable and consistent in what he does. It may not be brilliant, but it is consistent. It gives Harris a pretty solid base to work from as a halves partner. Whereas if you had someone like Nicarima who's erratic, it's hard to build a combination when your pass partner's either on fire and you don't want to go near him because just let him have the ball. He's got spiders on him. Or he's playing so crap you go, holy shit, I've got to do all the work now. I think yeah, and the a young half needs that consistency that Green will give. Exactly. And he needs that... Uh... You know, the last thing a young halfback needs is to realise that he's in a game and the opposition has worked out. They don't have to worry about the other half. They can just target him all game. Yeah. Um, so it's, again, it's a frustrating thing because they do have a, a number of decent players there. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what's gone on with their um, recruitment of forwards. Mm-hmm. There's yes, so many great big men to choose from that are playing, you know, playing for New Zealand at test level. Yes, and... something is broken in that sense, isn't it? Like, because even when they were at their worst, they would produce forwards that maybe were flawed, but were that they still had the ability to be unbelievable players. They're mm. not producing those players anymore. No, I mean, when the tired old Adam Blair who will give you one, maybe two hit-ups a game and just make 20 or 30 tackles is still one of your first options in the starting lineup, mm. according to that coach. That that speaks volumes to me. I didn't put him in the 17 because I don't think he deserves to be there. Oh, but I'd, you, agree. Yeah, I'd agree. Oh, with we, you. we both know he'll be one of the first picked every week. Yeah, and... and despite how he plays. As I said, mm. and I've said, I've told this story a bunch of times when he was dropped last season and I called the, the next game and it was in the in the uh, New South Wales Cup, the Canterbury Cup, and Adam Blair was one of the worst players on the field. And I said, look, if, if that was his performance that he's put in at reserve grade level to try and win back his first grade spot, he, he's done. His career is done. And he got picked in first grade the following week. Yeah, and that's just so disappointing. Yeah. Um, and I can I just, yes. before we go to there, I just want to say, watching Roger Chulvasa-Shek in this side, his greatness is just 
undeniable. And I'm talking like he's he's starting to become one of the greats of all time for me because to do what he does behind this horrible, poorly coached team, I don't think I've ever seen a player do that. No. And, and that this everything he does and it's it's not just the fact that he is a giant and he's overpowering players physically the touch of class and the skill that is on top of that is just incredible and i feel so so sorry for him this is a player that should be the centerpiece of premiership winning clubs and to see him doing what he's doing behind on this team is just he deserves all the credit in the world because behind some lazy performances last year by his team and poorly coached performances he was putting in tens every week and i i think that you know if you love rugby league just watch the warriors just to watch him play because you're watching some you're watching greatness absolutely now, where did you have them finishing? I had I had the New Zealand Warriors finishing in 15th place. Likewise, I've got them 15th. And what's your coronavirus rank there for uh, Stephen Kearney? Five. If he is not sacked, then the, the board and the uh, football manager and everybody in that front office should be sacked. I agree. He's a five for me as well. Okay. Lucky last, the West Tigers. Mm. Right, so they've brought in Billy Walters from the Storm, Luciano Lailua from the Dragons, Joey Lailua from the Raiders, Adam Dewey from the Rabbitohs, and Zane Musgrove has finally come across the team after I think he got found not guilty of whatever it is he got up to, or he's done his time or whatever. I don't know what it was. Anyway, they've lost Robbie Farah, Robbie Rocco, and Ben Madalino have all retired. Mario Fanu has gone to Hull FC, Ethan Master has gone to the Cowboys, and Ryan Madison's gone to Kleenex. I mean Parramatta. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as we've discussed several times already, we won't go into too much detail, but obviously with the news that Jacob Little, the heir apparent to Robbie Farah, went down with yet another lengthy injury, um, the Tigers made no effort whatsoever to to replace him with another hooker. So it means Josh Reynolds is expected to be the first choice to fill the vacant number nine jumper. But there is some sense behind it because he has spent more than a year studying up close, one of the best hookers going around. Andrew. Andrew. What? He, he did. He, he watched Robbie Farrah closely, didn't he? That's that's what I was getting at, yeah. Yeah, yeah, of course. Are you, are you were you thinking of something else? I don't know what you're talking no. about. No, okay. no. that's good. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a debacle having having a five eight who's barely played any footy for the last two years automatically becoming your first choice number nine. Yeah, and like you go from Farah, who had an incredible year last year. And then you had Little as the backup, who was an injury-prone hooker. And you replace him with Josh Reynolds, who's playing out of position, who's been injury-prone for the last two years. Mm. And you don't make really any effort to 
make sure that that position is shored up. I it's, don't understand it. And as I said before, it's crazy because you had Isaac Luke looking for a club. Even West Tigers fans approached him on Twitter saying, mate, come to the Tigers. We need someone like you. And he replied, I would happily go to any club that wants me there. And I went, even the fans have done your job, potato. And you yeah. went, let's buy when a centre. Yeah. I, when I saw that, when I saw Luke saw, say that, I thought, this is too perfect. This is this is like a slam dunk. I can't believe that they've recruited a player based upon Twitter. And then they didn't do it. <laughs> it's It was nuts. It was so and, wrong. And then you've got like... And and you don't know how close he was to going there. But the idea that you are in the race for Littrell Mitchell, but you don't want to pay overs for a super young, super athletic, goal-kicking, game-breaking, try-scoring test centre. Yep. Why don't you want to overpay for him? Because Why? They want, they want Joey Lolua instead. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand it. All right. Let's go through the uh, the Tigers lineup here. Yeah. yeah. Um, Adam Dewey at fullback. David Nofaluma, Moses Mbai, Joey Lolua, Robert Jennings in the three quarters. Benji Marshall, Luke Brooks in the halves. Oliver Clark, Jacob Little, Alex Twile in the front row. Chris Lawrence, Luke Garner, Matt Eisenhuth in the back row. Thomas McKayley, Josh Alloway, Luciano Lailua, and Billy Walters on the bench. Uh, you know what? If Brooks and Marshall, that's potential premiership win and halves combo. It's yeah. just the other 15 players. <laughs> I'll say this, okay. Most of their forwards mm. are fantastic depth players. Yeah. Um. Alex Twole is a definite starter for me. Um, Luke Garner is coming along well. Eisenhuth is a solid worker. Thomas McKayley was had a brilliant first season last year. Um, looks like he's going to be a, a pretty good front rower. Uh, I'd say the rest are really good depth players. Yeah. And that's the problem, I guess. And it's kind of the same for the back line. Um, in the trial, I think last week it was, I saw David Nofaluma make one of the worst ever reads for a winger I've seen since Ryan Hall last year. Where yeah. he ended up standing five metres in front of the centre before the ball even went past the centre. Was... Yeah. going, What are you doing there? And Joey yeah. Lolua gave him an absolute roasting, as he should have yeah. done. He, yeah, he gave it to him immediately. It reminded, and I said this because you showed me the, the replay of it, and it reminded me of Crocker down in uh, Canberra just running out of the line, taking no one, and then turning around and watching the play unfold. But he did it as a winger. It's like, yeah. what the hell? It was it was horrible. And I thought that one play right there was Nofaluma pretty much stamping himself out of the team for, for round one. Um, I don't know who they bring in to replace him with, but, uh, yeah, crazy, crazy. Um, yeah, I've, I know it seems cliche to say the Tigers will finish ninth. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and so I'm not going to do that. I, I'm going to be very optimistic and say they finish 11th. I have them finishing last. Them bites. And I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. As I said, Benji Marshall and Luke Brooks is a premiership winning halves combination, in my opinion. And if they were in most other teams in the competition, it, it would be it's such a it's like such a good combination between those two. But I I think that their forwards don't have the depth and I'm not too worried about too many of their forwards. I think they'll work hard and uh but I just they don't impress me and the back line is shocking. The back I mean, Mosin Bai who is injured, um you know, we had a couple of good games at centre last year. Um, I just, I, I, I would prefer to see Moses and by a fullback. I think he's a little bit better there because he's a. He, let's be honest, he's a five eight, but he's not a better five eight than Benji Marshall. So, no. at fullback, he was capable under the high ball. He did run the ball back reasonably well. Um, he's a better fullback than Clint Gutherson. So for me. <laughs> I'd put him at fullback, but then you go, right, well, they brought in Adam Dewey. Where do you put him? He's not big enough to be a centre, so Dewey's got to be fullback and Embi's got to be a centre, which just means Paul Momorowski now doesn't get a spot in the side, and he's a goal kicker, and he must be somewhat useful because the Storm wanted him. Yeah, like when the Storm want one of your players, I feel like you need to sit down and have a meeting and say, what are we missing? Yeah. You know? um, when they bought... Adam Dewey, I didn't understand it. Still don't. I, 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 yeah, I feel like he is the sort of player you see playing in reserve grade and you're like, oh, yeah, he's pretty good at this level, but he's not a first grader. All I can assume is they've got him in to be Benji Marshall's replacement next year, which means this year he's playing at fullback to make up, just to waste time, I guess, which means this year's just another written off year already for the Tigers because they've got players out of position for the years just to make time till Benji retires, which just seems stupid. It really does. And did you see Benji said that he's going to see how he feels at the end of the year because he, he could go around next year as well? If he plays 80% as well this year as he did last year, I'd be happy for him to have another season. So would I, yeah. He was unbelievable last year. It's the best season he's had in a long time. Um, I just wish he could have one season at the Tigers with a proper forward pack in front of him. Yeah, he's starting to go into the um, into the Steve Carter realm in terms of he just deserves better. Yeah, because the loyalty he's shown most other players. I mean, the, the the fact that he wants to go around, he knows he's not winning a premiership this year. He knows he's probably not playing finals this year. And he's looking forward to the season and he, he's looking possibly at playing again next season if, he, if he's up to it. He said he's just going to see how his body feels. That says so much about what he thinks of the club. Um and yeah, it's like it reminds me a little bit of Steve Carter in that you just wish he was doing it in a side that could take him somewhere. Um, 
man, I, I just, I really do. I, this is a team, and I don't blame the coach. I, I blame the administration of the Tigers for allowing. I mean, they're just in a perpetual state of rebuilding. What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's a never ending construction. Yeah, <laughs> and then when they get the chance to get a fucking test player, they don't pull a trigger and instead get Joey Leilua. And I'm not bagging Joey Leilua. Is it? It'd be, normally be a pretty good signing for a lot of teams. But Joey Leilua, what was the, you know, was somebody sitting around saying, you know what, we get Joey Leilua, that's the that's the one. That'll put us over the top. It's like, yeah, what that, the fuck? Especially when they had options to get Isaac Luke on the cheap, Danny Levi on the cheap to play at hooker. Yeah. Like, neither of them would have cost the world. They would have been as cheap as chips. And there's been forwards moving around all over the place, and they didn't they didn't chase a single one of them. No. It's just... Oh, just face palm. Anyway, and um, I, know, I know I'm labouring the point with Mitchell, right? But look, look at the back line that they've got. Look at the overall team that they've got, and tell me where they spent the extra fucking money that they could have made Latrell Mitchell. Just get him to the club and worry about it later. You know, yeah, get someone can, to build the fucking team around. All I can think is. They've got most of Ivan Cleary's dud signing starting to leave now at the end of this year. Mm. Um, a lot of cap space being freed up. All I can think is maybe they wait until then and they're going on a shopping spree. I can't see any other reason why they're holding back. Look, there is one small glimmer of hope for the Tigers, and that is Harry Grant is keen to come across and play because he knows he's going to get a first-grade gig, mm. and that's what he so desperately wants. And he knows he's not going to get at the Storm this year, a regular first-grade spot. So he's been training most of the season at the Tigers and so knows the system well. Yeah. Wants to play there. Has a desire to be at the club. And he's now looking like he's going to be asking for a release. I can't see the Storm granting it to him unless he brings up a very strong case because the Storm don't want to lose him. But if they can get him... That changes this side quite a bit because I don't see when Harry Grant gets to the club, if, or if he gets to the club, that mm. Jacob Little gets his spot back in that starting side when he's fully fit. I think Harry Grant would take it, nail it, and would never lose it. Yeah, you would have you'd have to move on from Little. Um, well, you keep him as depth, but that's that'll be it. Yeah, um, yeah. But you know, and if you got that, then you can say right now we can focus on spending big money on getting some starting props, and at least another back rower. And then they've got the depth already there. Mm. They've, got the, they've got the basis for a good side already there. Problem is they don't know how to get the X-factor players they need to be in front of that basis and, and steer it to where it needs to go. They just go, this is good enough. And they've got to stop thinking that good enough is actually good enough because it's not. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, you, you look at their side and this is a team that is spending allegedly the same amount of money as every other team in the competition and you wonder how that's even possible, well, especially when you consider that Benji Marshall's been playing for unders for forever for this club and Luke Brooks took unders in the hope that they could keep other players. So Luke Brooks is getting less than what he should be getting. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, where are they spending that money? They would have the cheapest spine in the comp, bar none. Easy. Easy. Bar none. So, saying all that, what's your coronavirus rank there for Michael Maguire? I don't blame Maguire. I think he did a fantastic coaching job with them last year. Um, they need to just let him do his job and let him recruit the players, give him more control over this team and its future. In saying that, I had him as a level three because it's the Tigers and they're, they're, they're terribly run. They're so terribly run. And I can see where they would get to a point where they'd say, wow, geez, I wonder why we're not winning games. It must be the coach. See, I've I've got him as a two, mm-hmm. only because I think Michael Maguire would have been smart enough to go into the, the meeting when he signed that he was a Tigers and say, I want to be on a stupidly huge amount of money so that the thought of you sacking me is repulsive because you don't want to pay it out. If he's the only I, smart operator there, and I think that's what's probably happened. <laughs> I hope that I, I honestly... He deserves a giant salary to be coaching this this club. It's so it's it's terrible because they're just so badly run. There's so many like they've got a pretty decent supporter base when they get on a roll. Like fans come out of nowhere, you know. Um, I'd love to see Benji in these years of his career being able to destroy opposition teams in big games. I'd love to see Luke Brooks finally get a chance to lead a team in the finals and, and do something. You know, yeah, I wonder how great. happens where he goes this year. Yeah, we should see how it all works out. So, yeah. um, tell you what, that is a... We'll say, it, we'll say it, it's an exhaustive season preview. Yep. And I suppose we should probably wrap it up at that note, given it's gone on for quite a while. Yeah, look, we're going to upset some fans by what we think, but this is our opinions. We'll see if we're right or wrong by the end of the year. It was interesting that we didn't cross-reference each other's um, ladders going into this, and a lot of them were very close to each other. I think the Tigers was maybe the the biggest difference, and the the Roosters maybe. But um, that's about it. We were very close with most of the other ones, I think. On the Sharks. Oh, yeah, the Sharks. But yeah, that was it. Panthers Just those three. Well. I think you had the Panthers 11th, didn't you? No, 10th. 10th, yeah. That's not too bad. We've, we've been pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree, Andrew. We've, we've done great. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, people, um, I suppose to let you know that you can follow us now on YouTube. Go on there, subscribe. Like the videos, that would be fantastic. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Fergo Freak Pod. You can now follow us also on Instagram, also at Fergo Freak Pod. Um, we're also on Facebook, we're on LinkedIn, you name it, we're there. Um, you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you like. We're on everything. Um, check us out on our website, FergoOnTheFreak.com. And I suppose that should be about it, eh? Yeah, it's been a fun episode. Um... Can't wait for the season to kick off. It's going to be great. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Catch you next time.